What's up, wrestling fans? It's that time once again for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. And this week we are not live on Twitch. No, we are TV not. Slash podcast, but we are in the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games for hashtag 607TWS. And yes, we are not on Twitch tonight because of uh, scheduling, but, but. We are coming to you from the Three Fat Nerds Network of Podcasting and the ODPH Network of Podcasting as well. So thank you for listening in podcast form, even uh, the the listeners who don't usually listen in podcast form. Exactly. You're getting a dose of 607 podcast no matter where you turn here. That's right. Of course, I'm one of your hosts here, and I'm one of the hosts on 607 podcast on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week in the co-chair, my compadre, my friend, you know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Are we ready to talk some wrestling? I think we are. You know, it's interesting that this is the third week in a row that I have been on the ODPH network of podcasting. You as your champion, I am very happy to be there. And uh, I am very happy to announce, hopefully, that uh, I heard that Ken M is doing the season opening stuff on August 31st. Yes. So I, I, I'm going to invite myself onto the ODPH for that show. You actually were beating me to the punch because I was going to mention that, that Rich is going to be invited to come down August 31st. We are taping the NFL kickoff episode. It is our highest rated sports edition of the year. Coach Duffy will be in the house for it. Padawan Jay is going to be in the house. It is going to be a hell of a time, and make sure you're listening because Rich is going to be in the studio as well for it. That's right. The champ is going to be there. The champ is here, and uh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it happen. We're going to talk about football. I can't wait. Can't wait to talk about this season and uh, everything that's going, and uh, have some fun over there. So make sure you check that out. But make sure you're checking out the ODPH every week, especially for the sports show. I mean, for the nerd show too, but the sports show. It's my only place I get sports. I'm going to throw that out there. I stopped watching ESPN a while ago, even though I have ESPN Plus, and I get most of my exclusive news from the ODPH. So you should too. It's amazing. Thank you. We appreciate that. I mean, I also do like the nerdy stuff too. Don't get me wrong, but you're my go-to sports show. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we just try giving you everything that's really good about sports right now because there's a lot out there you can kind of rehash a little bit but we like giving you our takes like talking about what we like to talk about and hopefully spark that conversation using the hashtag odphpod absolutely but like i said no matter what no matter what so with that being said ken m tell these fine folks how to find the odph very simple you just swing on over to odphpodcast.com and then you can join the conversation on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Posture. So you drop that five-star review. You have links to the show right then and there, so you can follow right along. You can also check out Parlay Points, the Public Store, all that, and so much more. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHPod. And, of course, for the Three Fat Nerds Network of Podcasting, you, you already know, but just letting you know, you, you need to follow us on social medias. Everywhere you can get us is uh, Three Fat Nerds. Throw an at in front of it if you have to, and there you go. We're on so, every social media. We're talking Twitter. We're talking Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Just, just go ahead. Jump on it. Of course, we're found anywhere you get great podcasts by searching Three Fat Nerds. Always remember, it's the number three. I always have to say that for some reason. 
And then, last but certainly not least, 8122productions.com. Because if you forget any of that, you can find all that information there, including the brand new T Public store. Yes. So there you go. You can now officially buy uh, 3FN Horror Zone 607 and 607 Podcast merch from T Public. So go ahead. The link is in the website. The link is also in the description to the podcast and all sorts of other great stuff. Uh, it's all over social media. So make sure you stop in and buy something. Yes. You definitely want to make sure you're supporting the brands because we are doing big things. And it, if you have not checked out the 3FN T Public store yet, it is looking fresh. It has got some very cool designs up there already, and they're just getting started. Yeah, we yeah, we threw up the logo sign, so you get the 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 Three Fat Nerds uh, podcast logo uh, shirt. There's a Horizontal 607 logo shirt and a 607 podcast logo shirt. So any of those, and the 607 TWS one is on the way. I just got to design one for there, and then we're going to have some fun designing uh, some alternate shirts. I got some stuff on the way. Can't wait to hear about that. If you do want to hear about that early, though, uh, and also you got you would have gotten this podcast early too if you're mm-hmm. on Patreon. Patreon patreon.com slash 8122 productions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and and since we did this just in podcast form the patrons got a little bit extra about a 30 minutes extra of opening this time right we talked about some of the stuff that they're going to be getting or could win coming up in the upcoming weeks for it and also we talked about some of the shirt designs on their way to t public and elsewhere and they got they get they get the show early they're even gonna get this this wrestling show comes out on friday they're gonna get it a full day early a lot of win went into that opening segment. So if you're not signed up, what are you waiting for? $1 gets in the door, $3 gets you a comfy seat at the table. Anything else, talk to Diesel. All right, and uh, absolutely. And speaking of Diesel, love is scary. With Dr. Derek oh. and Spooky Mike, every every month they come to you, and it's it's too hot to be anywhere behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. We would we would get kicked off of everywhere. So trust me, if you don't believe that, pay the dollar. And if you don't believe that it was hot enough for you, I'll give you the dollar back. Yes. But even listen to last month's, and I'll tell you what, if you're easily offended, stay away from it. Yes, <laughs> it is not for everybody. It's an acquired taste, but that's why we say it's behind the paywall for a reason. And then I love movies, of course, is the other exclusive show to Patreon, and that we just that we dissect uh, uh, movies that we love from the past, and if did they still hold up? Yes. So far, some of them have, and some of them haven't. So check that out. And those are two exclusive shows. Plus, you get the Three Fat Nerds podcast every week early, and it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition. And then, of course, you get Horizon Six Hundred Seven every week early, and it's the unslashed edition. So you get extra bonus content. Plus, you don't hear you get to hear all the fucking bullshit. Yeah. Uh, like when Ron told me my chair creaked. And I had to edit it out for the regular podcast, but I left that in for the patrons because that's what they pay for. Mm-hmm. But they also get long segments in the beginning where we talk about different things. This past week, I think on the show, I talked about my vacation, yep. some incidents that happened on my vacation. It was a lot of fun. When full detail, Diesel was talking about his adventures. Yeah, it's a full. it was full-on fun, so yeah, check it out. And it's like I said, $1 a month, is, is and you get all that, and on top of that, you know, you help support the show and the streams and everything else we do here. And we got big things, including New York Comic Con coming up. So that's, that's always a good time to join because it, it really does help us out. Facts. Well, with that being said, that's enough about us. That's about enough about how to find us. We got a lot of news. Now, I want to preface this right up front for all of you fans out there. Uh, we are going to talk about the NXT releases. Yes. The WWE releases, technically, but NXT in particular. Uh, that is going to come up in the main event uh, because I don't want to start the show off on a sour note. I want to start the show off on a booming note. So we're going to have more fun opening the show and uh, doing uh, a review of GCW No Single Hills and then previewing 
our good friends over at New Japan Pro Wrestling who have a show coming to you from the West Coast of America this weekend. I don't know if you knew that or not. NJPW Resurgence. So that's what we're going to do in the opening bout. And then in the middle, we're going to do all those news, the news that fits in there. You know, CM Punk? Huh? Question mark? Yep. Is that looking more likely now? Eh, I don't know. We'll talk about it. And and much more. And then, of course, the main event, we will do that. And then my final bell is going to be near and dear to my heart. It's going to be a positive one. So Because I want to sandwich it with positivity because, yes, it is it is a messy, murky world to get into and all the speculation and bullshit. So just so you guys know, it is coming. But with that being said, let's kick off the fun. And there's only one way to do that. Ken, I believe it's time. That's right. It's time for the opening bout. And in the opening bout, we are going to open up by talking about something near and dear to both mine and Ken's hearts because we're big fans of this. And that, of course, is Game Changer Wrestling. And this past weekend, they had another big time fight.tv pay-per-view uh it was called no signal in the hills came to you on july 8th or sorry august 7th they did this in the european i'm reading this off of cagematch.net by the uh, way cagematch.net is a great great website if you want to find out anybody who wrestled anybody people's theme musics shows that just happened on the independent and on the major level it's a great resource i can't i can't uh shout that enough so it's a good one so sorry they do it in the european style so it's eight it's august 7th i don't know why i said seven eight but it's written right there mm. <laughs> so it's eight seven and uh it came from the ukrainian cultural center in los angeles california yay and it was on Fight TV. Your commentators for the evening, because they do a round, they do a little round robin. Uh, Kevin Gill usually does pretty much the whole show, but then Sean Scoville stopped by. Joey Janela, Effie, and the great Sean Waltman was even on commentary for two matches. Yep, and that was awesome. So let's dive into the event. By the way, this event started at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which means it started at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I was in Darien Lake. Uh, which is an amusement park up in by Buffalo, New York. It's about three hours away from where we live. Uh, I was there all day. I got up early, drove up there, took my son and his friend and my wife. We all went up, and we were staying the night. So we stayed up after we left the park, and we got to the hotel. It was like 7 o'clock, and then we ate dinner, and then we stayed up. And, man, I didn't make it all the way through. I'm going to be honest. So I had to watch it the next day. Uh, finished watching. I got the first three matches through my life. I know you had a mini watch party. Yeah, we had a little mini watch party. The dog came through. Our, our good friend Lincoln showed up as well. And we all stayed up till two thirty in the morning on Sunday, which for dog that's you know an evening or early night. So. Yeah, that's early for him. Yeah, that's early for him. But for the rest of us, it was drinking a lot of coffee and definitely making sure we were staying tuned for the action. And hell of a card too. Oh, hell yeah. of a card. Uh, by the way, Diesel would have been there, but he fell asleep and he didn't wake up for his alarm. I know. Like I shot him a message <laughs> at twelve. At twelve. I'm like, uh, you coming? And never heard back. But then next morning, he's yeah. like, yeah, I slept. Yeah, he fell asleep. He told me that. Uh, so, anyways. Let's jump right in, by the way. Uh, we, we, here we go. Uh, so, first match of the card was uh, AJ Gray taking on... Let's see, Actually, fuck it. I got to give him his, his due. The motherfucking truth, yes. AJ Gray, taking on the king of the independents lately, Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty. This match got 10 minutes and 28 seconds. Very good wrestling match, mixing a lot of mat-based wrestling with aerial stuff. How'd you feel about the match? Fantastic. I actually got retweeted by AJ. Really? About this, yes. Because awesome. I was marking out about this, and like you touched upon, Lee Moriarty, arguably the hottest independent wrestler on the scene right now. This was a fantastic opener. Like, this might have been my match of the night uh, to start and to finish. It was so technically sound. Both guys brought it. Amazing match, and really set the tempo for the evening. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, at the end of the day, AJ Gray defeated Lee Moriarty. Uh, B-Boy was kind of in his corner a little bit, AJ Gray's corner, and it was nice to see him. Of course, he's been injured lately. Mm -hmm. So awesome stuff. Uh, Next up, uh, we had the match between a debuting in GCW, that is West Coast wrestler named ASF. This is my first time seeing him. Taking on a different kind of boy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. And uh, this match got 10 minutes and 12 seconds as well. They usually give a good time for their matches. Uh, what do you think about this match? Solid match. I, you know, for a debut, thought ASF did a really good job. Yeah, I definitely he, thought you you impressed me a little bit. Uh, of course, you get the, you know the usual Jimmy Lloyd. It's nice to see Jimmy Lloyd and not a death. Yeah, match. that was throwing me off too because I I often forget he can actually wrestle wrestle. Yeah, because we, we, we see him in so many death matches. It's kind of like it takes me a second to think like, oh wait, he can actually do this normal. And it was it was a solid match. Like I said, a good second card match. Your winner, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Uh, next up, we had uh, the match that probably had, uh, in my opinion, one of the best matches of the night. Definitely the most uh, heartfelt match, if you will. The one with the most emotion. And that, of course, was the rematch between the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, and the 18-year-old phenom, if you will, Starboy Charlie. And uh, quite the size of this discrepancy. Uh, this is the first match that Sean Waltman called mm-hmm. because they were like, hey, this kid's kind of X-Pac, uh, you know, one, two, three kid versus Razor Ramon feel to it. You should call this match. And we did. These guys got 10 minutes and 55 seconds. This match was phenomenal. So technically sound. I cannot sing the praises of Starboy Charlie enough. And he's 18. He's he's going <laughs> to be the, the future of the business. He stays at this pace. I mean, for being that young and being that good already. He it, is, he's from the Los Angeles area, so he had a lot of friends and family in attendance. Yeah. And then when he pulls off the submission. He tapped out Chris Dickinson, one of the toughest man, men in wrestling. And he tapped him out. Yeah. And that, you know, let's, let's, you know somebody out there is going to be like, well, it's a work, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You know what it takes for a man to have enough respect for you who does not normally submit in matches? Yes. To say, hey, I, I, I'm not just going to lose, but I'm going to tap out to you. And then after the match, Chris Dickinson, uh, instead of, you know, Starboy Charlie wanted to, you know, give him a handshake and a hug. And before he would handshake and hug him, Chris Dickinson got on the ground and, and bowed before him, got his hands and knees and bowed and, and was giving him the props that he deserves. As a, once again, after their first match, which Chris Dickinson won, mm-hmm. he said he put him over. He said, hey, kid, you can do things at 18 that I couldn't. And I'll tell you what, there's no reason you won't be a huge star in this business. If you're all, you're all 18 and the kid, things that you can do and how good you are, I can only imagine where you're going to be in five years. Yeah. And you'll only be 23. I- and he put him over and he said, hey, listen, I lost you, but I would like to fight you again. And this was that second match. Yeah. And I, this was a perfect way to put him over. And like I said, you can't get a bigger co-sign than Chris Dickinson. And Starboy Charlie, I mean, I was so impressed with how he was from the first match. It was already great that they had together. Oh, yeah. But just you know how you when you start wrestling somebody over and over, you start picking up a little bit. Just what he was picking up and just the tendencies and, and the facial expressions. This just shows how this kid is just a sponge and he's just soaking everything up. And like I say, he's going to be such a big name in a couple of years. Like, get familiar now. Absolutely. So next up, we had... A match between two guys who this year have come into GCW just this year and they've already gotten gigantic fanhood they came in together because they both wrestle from out of loco which mm. I do believe is down in New Mexico Texas and New Mexico area and uh, it is of course Dante Leone and Ninja fucking Mac and if you don't know Ninja Mac whoo all I'm going to say is during this match Ninja Mac climbs the wall 
gets into this like I don't know in some kind of enclosure in the Ukrainian Cultural Center that's about 15 20 feet up and then backflips onto a shit ton of security in Dante Leone <laughs> so let us put this in perspective these guys were flying all over the ring I put out on Twitter don't blink because they were moving at such a fast pace Ninja Mac absolutely madman he climbed in that back cave that was like in the top of the center like Rich touched upon and did the backflip. And then even that 640 he did to only get caught in a driver. I, the only thing I would say bad about that match is like that should have been the finishing move. Oh, yeah. But then he got pinned by a rope. Like, listen, I will wipe that aside because this match was just on fire the entire point. This match got 15 minutes and 38 seconds. And Nin- Ninja Mac gets the win. Yes. Uh, very good match, though. And both these guys, man, strong upside from both of them. Yes, I'm absolutely. Uh, next up was our first title fight of the night for the GC. Actually, it's our only title fight of the night because uh, obviously our world champion did not show up. Yep. Of course, that's Matt Cardona. Uh, GCW tag team title match, though. Uh, your champions, the second gear crew, Matt's Warner and Matthew Justice, took on Bussy, Alley Catch, and Effie. This match got 18 minutes and 57 minutes. Or 18 minutes and 57 seconds. Damn. Uh, this is what we get for being live even when we're podcasting. You know what? I'm just going to say it up front. Alley Catch cuts some motherfucker with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> um, this match had a, had a unique story. And I will say this. Uh, I, I was actually kind of a little let down by this because at one point they tried going for a table spot. And balancing the or the door spot, they're balancing on two chairs and they can't get lined up. It just looked like after that, the timing was thrown off for the match. Because I think they were playing a, a bigger spot to hit and it just didn't connect. So when that happened, it kind of took a little wind out of the sails for me. But then Allie whips out a knife and has... Cuts Matthew Justice up, who's duct taped to the top rope, which took them forever to cut him out. Yeah, <laughs> it took it forever. And, and I forgot who was on commentary. He was like, uh, we're going to watch a murder right now. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty convincing that yeah. she was trying to murder somebody. Yeah, no, that was legit. And, I, and I'm sitting there in the watch party. It's all going like, yeah, that's got to be a prop knife. And then as soon as you see your uh, cut Matt Justice, no, that ain't even no prop knife. <laughs> like, she really got to cut him. So, yeah, this match... Uh, just all over the place. Uh, organized chaos. It was. 18 minutes and 57 seconds. Your winners and still GCW Tag Team Champions, the second gear crew. Uh, they did make the win happen. Next up is the classic scramble match for GCW. And this one had a lot of newcomers to GCW. Mm-hmm. We had Eli Everfly, uh, Midas Creed, Nick Wayne, all new guys to the match. And also West Coast legend, Little Cholo yep. is also uh, all the guys who, I if they've worked for them before, it's only when they're on the West Coast Loop uh, or they have just made their debut. And, of course, running it out for all of us who have been fans for a while, Jack Cartwheel and the man who would eventually win this match, which went 12 minutes and 27 seconds, the New Jersey legend himself, Grim <laughs> Reefer. The Grim Reefer, another big showing for him on, on pay-per-view. I, I know. Like, what can you say? He, <laughs> he, he's stealing pay-per-views right now. Yeah, this match, I mean, typical scramble match. What else can you really say about it? Absolutely. And and you know what? It was a good match. Yeah, it's I, not I a bad it. It's, it's always nice to get Reefer in there. He's a legend on the East Coast. Taking him to the West Coast was pretty cool. Uh, him interacting with the West Coast legend, Little Cholo, was awesome as well. I, I, I dig in what they're doing with Grim Reefer. They're using him in the right spots. Yes. And then you got Jack Cartwheel just doing amazing shit. Jack doing Jack. And I was also impressed a lot by Nick Wayne. Yes. Nick Wayne really impressed me as well. Uh, I do believe he's going to be on the Vegas show. 
Oh, okay. I believe that was a thing because of that. Next up, though, is one of my favorite wrestlers in all of the independents. The man, the man that they know that you know as Big Breakfast. Yes, the clout cutter Jordan Oliver, and he was going one on one with a newcomer, uh, not to, to newcomer to GCW, but not to the West Coast. Treehouse Lee. And this is the first time I've ever seen Treehouse Lee, and I was actually impressed by Treehouse Lee. He did a great job against Jordan Oliver. That spinning leg drop out from the top rope. Woo! There was some great moves in this match. The power bomb onto the Yo. chair. Dude, I thought he killed him when he power bombed him on the chair. Uh huh. I agree. Uh, Treehouse Lee uh, had uh, Jordan Oliver in an arm bar. Jordan Oliver did the whole lift you up from the ground to put power bomb you. But when he lifted him up, he turned and there was an open chair in the ring already. And he power bombed him in the sickest fashion onto that chair. And uh, listen, nine minutes and 40 seconds. And with one of the highest jumped clout cutters I've ever seen in yes. my life, uh, Jordan Oliver wins the match. And uh, the clout cutter is a springboard RKO pretty much, usually from the buckle. Uh, and uh, he got some air on this one. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with this one. Great match. Uh, Treehouse Lee got his uh, – Jordan Oliver gave Treehouse Lee respect in his due after the match, let the, left the match and let him uh, take a bow, and it was it was pretty cool. So he impressed Jordan Oliver as well. Very cool match. A lot of high spots. A lot of great action. And listen, Jordan Oliver is going to be a big name very, very soon. Oh, absolutely. This is, he it's gets, a crime that he's not signed already. He gets better every time I see him. Every time. I mean, right now, he's the kid is about six foot two ish because he's right around my height. He's like six two, six three, and he and right now he's been putting on weight. Hence the big breakfast nickname. He used to be a skinny, scrawny guy. Now he's up to about I'm, I want to say he's about between two two oh five and two fifteen. Mm -hmm. Easy. He's inside of that bracket and he's getting bigger. And I'm telling you, it, it, right now somebody needs to jump on it. He's not too small for WWE and an AEW should be jumping on it. The only place that he's really kind of signed to right now is MLW and he's killing it on the indies. Yes. GCW and everywhere else, but yeah, man. He signed this kid. He, also, he's wrestling out in PWG. Everywhere. Every major indie you can think of, this kid has been on. Yes. In his wrestling right he, now. He's only going to get bigger and better. So somebody needs to snatch him up, whether it's Impact, Ring of Honor, you know, or the two big ones, AEW and WWE. One of them. Somebody's, it's a crime. It's a yeah, fucking crime. I fully agree. Next up is a match that I was personally waiting for because I'm a big 440 fan. And the 440 team of RSP and Agus Kogar took on the AEW superstars Joey Janello. Janella, sorry, Janello, <laughs> Janella and Marco Stunt. And to prove that we're trying to do this like we do it live, I'm not going to edit any of that. No. Uh, but you. Uh, you know what? This match got 20 minutes and 55 seconds, Ken M. And we were promised in the lead up to this match by RSP that he was going to throw, uh, he was going to toss that midget. Talking about Marco Stunt. And during this match, from the stage <laughs> to about, I don't know, it was probably a good 10 yards away, if not more, he chucked Marco Stunt. <laughs> Listen, I am so on board with 440. Everything they do is just so damn good. And RSP might be the best heel in the business because there was zero given at any moment, and he heaved him. He heaved him. Oh, I, I mean, like, how else do you go about it? They looked great. They looked like the heel faction that, you know, you want in your company. And like I said, 440 does no wrong in my eyes. They're, just, they're so good. So good, man. And, uh, yeah, 
uh, at the end of the day, four four zero comes out with a victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, no surprise there. They are building up for Chicago night two of the GCW the night before. It will be the night before all out. We will be talking about this for for sure. But during the wrestling summit, there's two GCW shows uh, on the second one, which is the Art of War Games. War in, Games in in a uh, you know what you know what I'm gonna give it to you, Ken. Of War Games. War Games. War Games. Say it. War Games. There it is. Because I don't want to get any complaints again. I know. That you didn't say it. So now. All right. So I digress. Uh, so we are going to have on that night a War Games match between MDK, MDK Gang and 4-4-0. I cannot imagine the insanity they're going to do for that. And allegedly, according to Nick Gage, it is going to be two rings. It is going to be a covered cage. But uh, he's leaving all those uh, things up to uh, Brett. Brett Lauderdale, the promoter of GCW. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. It's gonna. It should be awesome either way. Because on one side you have, uh, well, I, I believe it is Nick Gage, mm-hmm. Effie, mm-hmm. Uh, the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray. Yep. And the second gear crew team of Mance Warner and uh, Matthew Justice, Matthew Justice, the and tag champions, Alex Cologne too, and Alex Cologne. Yeah. And on the other side, you have all six members of Four Four O, which is Ricky Shane Page, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby yeah. Beverly. Eric Ryan, Gregory Irons, Atticus Coger, and Eddie Only, who yes. made his return. I was going to say, I haven't seen Eddie in forever. Yeah, Eddie Only made the return at the uh, last H2O show after being disappeared for like eight months. Yeah. So we finally found out where Eddie Only was, and all six, it says six on six, so not a five on five, a six on six war games. So they better have two rings. Yeah, it's going to be out of it's control. It's going to be out of control. I can't wait. All the weapons, all the glass, all the light tubes all the time. This could be the most extreme war games of all time. Yes. Deathmatch war games. That's what we're dealing with. <sighs> All right. With that being said, we that was there was one main event left, mm-hmm. and that was a deathmatch. The only deathmatch on the card. Proving once again that, like I said before, GCW can do more than deathmatches. They do great wrestling as well. Facts. I like to call it that. It's that old school ECW hardcore wrestling mentality where, yes, you have weapons, with, you have weapons in some matches, but that's only one or two. Every other match, great wrestling. That's what they do here in GCW. But in this main event, we had West Coast Deathmatch legend Dark Sheik taking on the man, the, the king, king, the, the god, god of this shit. shit. Nick fucking Gage in the main event in a deathmatch that got 22 minutes and 16 seconds. This was a good match, too, yes. by the way. I just want to throw that out there. I know some people were not happy about it. I thought this match was great. Not because uh, the, 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 the violence was there. But it was a good match overall. Yeah, Dark Sheik actually made Nick Gage wrestle a really great match. Not saying that Nick couldn't, but Nick can wrestle. Yeah, but this was a perfect pairing. They went back and forth a lot. Like this had a lot of great story in it. I was not mad about this at all. I saw the online criticism. I'm like, what were you watching the same match I was? Well, unfortunately, I understand from the bloodthirsty uh, fans' perspective, yeah. there was n- it wasn't as bloodthirsty. There was blood. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. There was light tubes. There was glass. But there was a lot of good wrestling, proving once again that uh, deathmatch wrestling can be about wrestling. Of course, Nick Gage does win. Hey, once again, the only person missing from the show was the GCW World Champion, Matthew Cardona, mm. uh, which he had uh, gone on uh, saying this past week, because uh, there was a dual interview this past week on the X-Pac show. Uh, not this past week, the one before, because we have a new one out. But uh, And he, Nick Gage did an interview with him, and also Matt Cardona. And Matt Cardona says, when Brett comes out of his pocket and pays him more, he'll show back up hmm. as the savior of GCW. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. That is what he's talking about. That is where he's at. Well, with that being said, Ken M., uh, 
how did you think as a whole of the GCW No Signal in the Hills? Very solid card. Uh, wasn't my favorite one, but it was a lot of solid action going on. Like I said, I thought they opened the card so strong with Gray and Moriarty that it was kind of like, where do you go from here? But Ninja Mac and Leon was another solid match, and Jordan Oliver's the truth. Like I said, the only match I was kind of like, I thought it was just organized chaos, and sometimes when that happens, it goes completely off the rails with Bussy and Second Gear Crew. Wasn't mad about it, but it just seemed like a lot of wind got taken out of the sails. But overall, great night of wrestling. Yeah, I was very impressed with this card. I thought it was really good. I cannot wait. Uh, GCW will be back on pay-per-view the 20th of August, which is a Friday night from Las Vegas, Nevada. They're there. Of course, SummerSlam comes out to you the next day from WWE, which is Saturday the 21st. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll be previewing that next week along with previewing SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36. Busy weekend. We're going to have a fun weekend. and uh, I'm going to say it here first. Uh, We discussed it. We will be doing live commentary and reactions for both SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver mm-hmm. 36. Tune in. You'll have to find out who else in the crew is there. But myself and Ken M will be on the call having a ton of fun with you guys. Hopefully Absolutely. they're good shows. So uh, before we get into the next thing, I want to plug out. I want to give a shout out to the local wrestling group that we're friends with. Uh, and that is Excite Wrestling. I was out of town, as we just noted. But Excite Wrestling had their first show back. Coming up this past this past Saturday, while I was out of town, you did attend. Uh, let it, let the people know about Excite Wrestling and what they have planned for the future. So Excite Wrestling came back with "Sorry, We're Open." It was their first show since COVID happened, so they had a packed house at the X. Really solid crowd uh, in attendance, and I tell you what, we have a new Excite World Champion in Bill Collier. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, because uh, he was the winner of the Battle for New York tournament because Sean Carr came out at the beginning and said Moose was too cheap to get a trophy. So he put the Excite World Wrestling title on it. Oh, so, so that's so whoever so if he because he was in the finals as well. Yep, whoever won the match uh, was going to be champion. Yes, title fight, cool. Yeah, so it was a very cool setup. They, like I said, a very solid night of action, and yeah, it was great just seeing the X filled up with people again. Like we came the night before for Second Suitor, absolutely, who played a great show. And in fact, I asked Moose. I said, "Well, technically, isn't Tyler your champion since he beat Sean?" And he said, "It's my building, so no." And uh, we just just had a great time there. And then what they announced, they got a lot of shows coming up, but the big one coming up next is September twelfth. It's going to be three o'clock uh, bell time at the X. Evil Uno and Fuego del Sol from AEW will be in attendance. Awesome. Uh, their tickets are very, very selling at a high pace right now. And then he did announce that in November, that aforementioned GCW champion, Matt Cardona, will be at the X. That's right. November, he will be in the X. Who Moose kept announcing is the king of the death match. Yes. Well, that's what he also calls himself. Yes. And, and all this came off of uh, Moose watching GCW. Yes. So we are technically responsible. As we are responsible for Excite Wrestling being airing on Twitch. Because that was kind of a surprise thing. I guess we can we can take credit for that. No, I, I definitely take credit for that because the night before on Facebook Live on Moose's the Excite Facebook Live, when Moose tried to make fun of me, I uh, then turned the tables on him by saying that you can watch uh, uh, Excite Wrestling on IW. Oh no, not there. Twitch. Uh, no, not there. DV. No, not there as well. Oh, you just have to be here in person. Yeah. I think he took that to heart, and then Ken put out a post on top of that. I think he really took some stuff to heart. I think he Which did. I'm, I'm fine, because it motivated his ass to do something and put it out there to the world. If I'm not mistaken, they got 700 views. 
Awesome. I, so. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I know I was putting it out there. If you were keeping your eyes on at three fat nerds pod on uh, Twitter, I, I threw it out there from the park because you sent me the message and I threw mm-hmm. it. I, I threw the link out from uh, the park. Thankfully, I was sitting down eating at the time. So I just threw it out there. Yeah. But overall, though, like I said, can't can't say, speak highly enough. They had a great night of wrestling and we have a new world champion in Excite and they're looking for a very, very bright uh, end of 2021 going into 2022. I agree, and uh, we we are privy to some things that uh, might happen, and I can tell you, keep your eyes posted, brother, Mm -hmm. because they got some, if you think Matt Cardone is big, they got some other big news for the indies, Yes, including a a real big show that I hope happens in the beginning of the year. I'm hoping as well. Wink, wink. Also, I'm I'm, I'm trying real hard to get Effie booked. Real hard. Oh, by the way, uh, Moose, if you're listening to this show, uh, I was, uh, you know, I, for one, he mentioned on this Facebook Live about uh, when I was booker for Excite Wrestling, how uh, I once booked people when I was drunk, which is true. I, I booked the Chris Brothers when they when I was drunk. And also uh, that uh, I was supposed to book Jushin Liger, uh, which that he was never going to afford Liger, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But then he mentioned that he wanted to get Onita. So I put my booker hat on for one night and I sent an email to Onita's people because uh, IMDb Pro is a thing and they got back to me so whenever Moose is ready to uh, talk some business uh, I can let him know that uh, what Onita's price is uh, including airfare and everything else I can tell you that he has to fly business class at least I can tell you he wants per diem hmm. and I can tell you he wants half the money up front and half the money uh, after he appears and I can tell you that it's a it's, it's an excessive amount of money <laughs> I imagine. And if he wants him to do a death match, it's a little more. Uh, I got both rates. Okay. Well, Moose, I know, does listen to it. In fact, he plugged it on um, his last Facebook Live. Well, good. I'm glad because I hope he listens because now you know. I, I have all the information for Ernita for you. I figure I'd launch it here uh, on, on here. So uh, don't ever say that I can't book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts. You, you, you challenged, and that night I had sent the email. From from the X mm-hmm, on my phone, you witnessed it. I sent, I got his email. I got the contact information from IMDb Pro. Thankfully, he was in Mothra too. True story. I did not realize that. True story. And then I, uh, he also has other movie credits, but that was the one that jumped out at me because I'm a kaiju fan. Mm-hmm. So then I uh, got his uh, contact information. And sure enough, they they responded back to me very respectfully on Monday. I told them that uh, I would get back to them. So Moose, balls in your court now. Book Onita and uh, exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Make it happen. Because uh, he did give me the prices on the death match. Oh, if only. Well, with that being said, uh, we're going to finish up this uh, opening bout with uh, talking about a show that a lot of people forgot about. I don't think a lot of people knew about this. But this Saturday night, technically, if uh, if you're on the Pacific Coast, if you're in Los Angeles where this is taking place, it starts at 8 p.m. Pacific time. But if you're where we live on the East Coast, it's 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you're listening to around the world uh, right now, you can look it up. It is, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling is returning to the United States of America, Los Angeles in particular, and it's resurgence. And this has got quite the card to it. Myself and Ken M will be watching it. We're not going to stay up until the 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're just going to watch it on Sunday. Uh, just so you guys know, so next week on this show, we'll be breaking it down, letting you know about it. And this card, this is a this is a card. I just want to throw that out there. This mm-hmm. is a good card. Oh, this is a fantastic card. So we have up first the uh, Alex Coughlin's Challenge Match Series. And in this match, he is taking on Carl Fredericks. Ooh. Up next, we have a, a six-man tag match. I had to count and make sure it's the right amount of people. 
Uh, the team of Rocky Romero, Wheeler Yuta, who just wrestled in a 60-minute Broadway, which means a draw for those folks at home, for the IWTV World Television Championship on IWTV 100 this past Sunday. Guy, I watched the match. It was very good. That guy's got a lot of hype behind him right now. Yeah, so Wheeler Yuta, 60-minute match. Got to see it. It's, it's on IWTV. Just tune in IWTV 100. It's a great show, by the way. Uh, and he's a team being also joined by Fred Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young, who is now a New Japan pro wrestling wrestler. So that th- three-man team is taking on the team of R- Ren Narita, Clark Connors, and TJP. Ooh. That's going to be a great That's going to be a match. real great match. Next up, we have, if you thought that was good, we have a 10-man tag team match. What? 10-man tag team match. On one side, we have Yua Yuramura, Fred Yehi, the, the Violence Unlimited team of Chris Dickinson and Brody King, and Leo Rush. Oh, shoot. Wait, Leo's back? Yep. And they are taking on... To Team Filthy, Filthy Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Wow. Big 10-man tag team match. So basically, it's uh, Leo Rush's challenge Tom Lawler for the Strong Openweight Championship. Because, of course, Tom Lawler is your strong, your New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Champion uh, that come off of the NJPW Strong Show that takes place here in America at the American Dojo. And uh, Leo Rush challenged him. He's trying to dodge him, so he came up with this uh, 10-man team match. That's insane. This one is going to be the battle of two bulls, and I need to see it in my life. It is a special singles match. That's how they're listing it. Okay. The Stone Pit Bull, Tamahiro Ishii, Ishii. taking on Moose. Oh, get the mouth guard. Moose. 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 This is going to be heavy hitting, and my teeth already hurt just thinking about it. Yep. I was going to say, you're going to have to wear mouth guards to watch this match. All right, the team that won the tag team tournament, the, the tag team turbulence tournament. Wow, that's a lot of teeth. Yes, yeah, on NJPW Strong, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, making their New Japan return, are going to take on the team of John Moxley and a mystery opponent partner. Hmm. Sorry, mystery partner. So John Moxley and a mystery partner taking on Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, the Good Brothers. Any guesses early about who the mystery partner is? My guess. I mean, the easy guess would be Eddie Kingston. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to go that route. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up in the air about it. I, if it's a New Japan guy, I would love to see Toriano. Yeah, I'm not joking. And there's a possibility because uh, there's people on this card that obviously whatever. I don't think there's going to be any of them. Uh, there's also a possibility because it's New Japan. It could be like. Um, uh, damn, it's just slipping my mind. Maybe even somebody like uh, uh, Yuji Nagata. Maybe a legend. I'm going to say. I don't know. I actually have a pick. Okay. Because I think that Impact is going to repay the Forbidden Door. Sammy Callahan. That would be, oh, Switchblade. Yep. Switchblade Conspiracy. They are doing some tag teams in Switchblade Conspiracy. That's a good one. Yep. I'd like to see that, by the way. Yes, that's my pick. Well, uh, one of my picks for this is actually in the next match because one of two title matches in the uh, last two matches of the card for the Never Openweight Championship, your champion, the Switchblade, King Switch, Jay White, taking on David Finley. And by the way, I was assuming the Switchblade, Jay White, might actually, because maybe they pay off the fact that, you know, the Good Brothers aren't Bullet Club. Because mm-hmm. Bullet Club, the leader is solely Jay White, as he said. Yep. And so that's going to be a good match. I expect Jay White to retain, but yeah, I do too. we'll see. But that'll be a great match, though. And in the main event of the evening, 
for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship, your champion, the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, is going to go one-on-one with Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's right. You heard that right. The ace is in Los Angeles, California, to wrestle for the IWGP US Championship. Cannot wait to see this match. You know, when they first announced it, we all thought it was going to be on an AEW pay-per-view or an AEW TV show. And nope, it's on this. I can't wait to see it. The card from top to bottom is looks insane. It's loaded. It looks insane. It's loaded. I cannot wait to watch this. And next week, we will be talking about it right mm-hmm. here on 607 TWS. So you need not fret. Well, with that being said, we're going to come to the first break of this show. During this break, you're going to hear our good friend, Second Suitor, who we got to see live at the X this past Friday night. Yes, great show. Great show. And uh, this upcoming Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on their Facebook, uh, I do believe it's on their Facebook Live channel or on the Facebook channel, is going to be their uh, the premiere of their home show. They yes. did a whole living room show, full on, with lighting and everything, and they are premiering it. I do believe you can get the link on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and check that out. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Friday night. They are Second Suitor. You can find their music on Spotify, Bandcamp, or YouTube Music. And, of course, the link is also on odphpodcast.com and 8122productions.com. This song is called Sprinkles. Enjoy it for a moment. We'll be right back. It's now time for the mid-card of this week, 607 TWS. And, uh, you know, as, as we like to stay, you know, up on things and, and we take different sponsorships and stuff, uh, this week it is actually sponsored once again by AEW Rampage, premiering this Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, thank you, Tony Khan, once again for sponsoring. And also thank you to your wonderful press department who has uh, allowed us to, to now attend events. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And uh, the funny story behind that, and I'll tell this on the air and make myself look like a jerk-off. I had told you Ken M. To. I know, I'm going to do it because I think it's funny. Okay. It's a funny story not to share with the fans. So I told Ken M to message uh, that I had emailed and that he should email our contact in the office for AEW, uh, their their promoter uh, promotional, which is done by Fleischman. So we are uh, so so. I tell him about it. He does it. He gets back to me. He's like, "Oh, they gave me this thing." I'm like, "Oh, son of a bitch! I, I got snubbed. I thought I got snubbed. I was real pissed. I was about to cut a promo." <laughs> Meanwhile, Rich just never sent the email. It was in my drafts. <laughs> Somehow, I did not hit send 
And so you said that and you're like, send it now. So I did. And today they got back to me. And, and just like you, they sent me a thing that said, hey, you know, if you want to be a part of things, fill up, sign in. And uh, if you get picked, you get picked. Can't go wrong Basically how it is. So we can attend live events. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm in. So hopefully uh, we'll be uh, reporting something from there. Yeah. We and hopefully see. they'll be doing New York Comic Con because that's the real reason we reached out because we are pressed at New York Comic Con. They have been at New York Comic Con in the past and we just wanted to reach out and make sure we could be in that room. Yep. Because we get right in the press row for that. That's right. And we're already pressed for the event, so we can, we're pressed for them, so it makes sense. Uh-huh. Start with who you're pressed for. So with that being said, let's talk about AEW Rampage coming up this Friday night. Well, well let's talk about the first one, which is this Friday night. Uh, how are you feeling? How's the one? I know we're going to both be watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're going to both live tweet during it. Uh, we have been promised by Tony Khan that this is going to be a show that's all about action. There's going to be very little talking segments. I'm assuming there'll be some, but very little talking segments, mostly action. And the only match that we know of, and uh, mind you, we are not watching Dynamite. We're recording, to let you behind the curtain, yeah. during AEW Dynamite. So the only match we know of at this point in Juncture, I'm assuming there'll be more, is the AEW Women's Championship match between Britt Baker, who it's coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, her hometown, taking on Red Velvet. Uh, so I got to ask you, are you excited about the concept for AEW Rampage? And are you excited for the first show to see what it's about? I am excited for it, but it's kind of like guarded optimism because this mat- or this program has been so under wraps that they really haven't spelled out what they're going to be doing. We only know that they have a four-person uh, commentating team, I believe, for the first episode. Uh, yes, it's, it's a massive. It is uh, Mark, Henry, Mark Henry, Chris Jericho, Excalibur, and Taz. and Taz. Yep. So there's a lot of people on commentary for this, and we only know of the one match, which it's no disrespect to Red Velvet and Britt Baker, but this is not like a huge big fight feel match because Baker's been very, very great as champion. I just think that they should have gone with a, a more high-profile debut match for this show. Like, maybe the rematch with her and Akaro Shida, I think, would have made more sense. Just because I think Red Velvet is just so new and still learning. Like, I'm not saying that she wouldn't be there in about a year or so. But I think for right now, I think it just might be a little too much. I agree with you. I'm not a, I'm not super excited about that match. But I am excited to see what they're going to do with the program. I mean, let's be honest. They, they did not lie to us. Dark mm. Elevation and Dark are different from Dynamite. Mm. Uh, they're more developmental. You get to see a lot of the younger people working things out and, you know, mixing with some stars just to get people to tune in. And I dig that. And uh, if, if Rampage is the same and, you know, it's just different, I applaud that because that's that's cool for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to just see something different. I don't want to see something that looks like the third hour dynamite. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. And it's a tough time slot. 10 p.m. on Friday nights. I mean, if, if people are watching SmackDown and tune in after, that's, you know, three hours of wrestling on there. I don't know if you're going to get all the SmackDown audience. I don't know how many you're going to actually get from SmackDown. Uh, I'm expecting a, a decent number for the first week and probably for the second week because we're about to talk about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I don't know after that. That's the problem you're going to have is you are going to have to really stack this mat, this show with great matches. Not saying they can't do it. They have a very talented roster. But you really got to be smart about it because, unfortunately, they're going head-to-head literally with the demo god himself, Roman Reigns. And just how much wrestling can people really absorb on a, on a night? Because we always complain about Raw being three hours. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, we have three hours of wrestling. I also want to point out that the difference between that is it's, it's network to cable. Because you can watch SmackDown on network television. You cannot watch uh, 
Rampage on mm-hmm. network television. It's cable. Because right. even when they go to TBS, that's still not a network. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a network on cable, but they're not, they don't have, you know, it's not it's like not Fox where you can just hook an antenna to your TV and watch it. Right. You know what I mean? So there is a little bit of a difference there as well. Speaking of the second week, though, the second week it got announced, well, now two weeks ago, that it would be hailing from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, which that's going to be the second biggest event that they do in Chicago because, of course, All Out is coming to you from Chicago, Illinois as well. But I digress. The big thing is that they've named this event the First Dance. Of course, it is a play on the doc- the great documentary about the Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. The Last Dance, I'm assuming. Yep. Of course, the United Center is the house that Jordan built. There's a statue of the man right up front. Mm-hmm. Facts. So, lots of speculation going into them booking the United Center, which is a big-ass building. It's over 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Also, they don't normally run the United Center. They usually run the, uh, well, I do believe it, it used to be called the Allstate Arena. Now it's, it's called something different. Sorry, I, I, I can't remember what they call it. But they usually run that building. Right. So this is the first time they're going to run the United Center. So big things have to happen. Mind you, this is only an hour-long program. So the big rumor was they're calling it the first dance. It's in the United Center, 20,000 seater. They're going to be recording for other things, obviously, as well. But CM Punk will make his debut there. That's what fans, that's what everybody, you know, the journalists, speculation, uh, the rumor mill. That's it. Everybody has been talking about that. Why else would you book the United Center so close to All Out, which is also in Chicago? Why would you do that and book the bigger building and call it a name after it's only a second week of rampage and you're already have the first dance what is the first dance of what it's not their first time in chicago chicago's their home base basically mm-hmm. i understand jacksonville's their real home base but let's think about it. all their big events happen in chicago right. all out happens in chicago every year well except for last year because of covid that doesn't count right but if you think about it chicago is their their big city you know how Vince is, is New York and now, you know, New York City, period. Brooklyn now more than Madison Square Garden, but still New York City is, is WWE territory. Mm-hmm. That is what Chicago is to AEW. Can we at least agree on that? Oh, I think yeah, that's, absolutely. No, that's a I think very smart. fair statement. Yeah. I think it's smart because that's a great crowd for them. They yeah. love them and that, they made them. Here's the thing. The first dance, before I read this, what would you say your opinion is of the percentage chance that this is CM Punk's debut? 95 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This past week on Busted Open Radio, because Tony Khan, for some reason, is on Busted Open Radio every week, he said, and I quote, I think everyone knows what to expect at the first dance. When asked about what to expect, that was his response. I think everyone knows what to expect at the first dance. Which, to me and to everybody else, that's confirming Punk's a lock. Mm-hmm. Because that's what everybody expects to happen at the last at the la- at the first dance. Sorry, on rampage, second week of rampage. Let me ask you this question because this is what I'm thinking. Before they did not deliver Punk when they kind of teased him. If they don't deliver Punk on rampage now, not at all out, not later date and time, but in the United Center for the first dance. If CM Punk does not come to that ring. It's an epic fail. Is this the worst failure in AEW history? Yes. Here is the thing that the problem is going to be. You're selling the hometown hero to the hometown. Had this been anywhere else, it would not be as bad. But you're selling Chicago CM Punk. You have alluded, you've trolled, however you want to define it. 
you have backed yourself into a corner that this deal had better be done. You've alluded to enough on all of your programming about best in the world comments and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It wouldn't matter if you had Daniel Bryan come out. It wouldn't matter if you had Brock Lesnar come out. The fact is you promised the hometown hero, the second city savior. You've alluded to it enough. You have to deliver. If not, that crowd is going to go very south very quick. True, true. I, I'm, I agree with you completely. Completely. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's the problem they have is even if they're trying to be smart and really work the fans, Chicago is too smart of a crowd. There's certain cities you just can't do that in. New York, Philly, Chicago, L.A. When the fans are that rabid and they definitely understand the business, you can't pull one on them like that and think it's going to be okay. Had we forgotten about when CM Punk wrestled John Cena at Money in the Bank way back when? And you remember the reaction he had coming out. Mm-hmm. And you remember the reaction he had when he won. That is the one place that they he is worshipped at. Like, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, he's a hero. He's the, yeah. second, he's the second city saint. Yeah. So no matter who you came out with, otherwise... You you're gonna be you're gonna fail. Like that's why I say you have a it's a ninety five percent lock. Otherwise, it's five percent. You're out the door and never coming back there. I, I'm gonna say this. I think this is a lock. I think he knew exactly what he was doing when he said his words. I think we all know what to expect. I think it's a lock, and that's why the main event for All Out has not been announced. That is also why Hangman Page is not getting the shot. Yeah, which I, is unfortunate, but that is why because he's gonna come in and he's gonna say, well. Because of who I am, because of where this is, I said I would sign the deal, but I want the big match. I want, you know, I couldn't main event at that other place or however he wants to put it. Mm-hmm. He might even say WrestleMania. Oh, he'll but say. But I it. will, I will main event all out against Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship, and chances are AEW Championship is going on to Punk. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get off Omega one way or Which another. Which got, you know what? It's not even a bad idea. I, I'm being serious. It's not a bad idea. No, because especially if you're really trying to re-energize your roster with all these alleged signings. I, and I mean, I'm going to say the big three because we, you can say what you will about the other classes been released from the WWE in the past months. But if you're in the talks of Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, and CM Punk, if you land two out of three of them, you're in a new resurgence. You've definitely elevated your game as far as star power goes. So that'd be a perfect time to do it. That's I my, agree. That's my take. I agree. Well, sooner or later time. We'll tell, and uh, we'll be there for it. But I will say this. AEW Rampage from the United Center has got 4,452 tickets left on StubHub. And that was reported uh, by somebody on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it was uh, 4,452 seats available just on StubHub. WrestleMania is typically around 5,000, to put it in perspective. The tickets were gobbled up by brokers and AEW fans trying to flip them, is what they're Mm. saying. Dave Meltzer, of course... Not to stop himself from, you know, sucking on that knob a little more. Had to say there have been multiple WrestleManias with more than 28,000 tickets on StubHub. Well, genius, let's break that down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the average for WrestleMania is around 5,000, proven by our good friends uh, our, our, our uh, uh, good friends over there at the statistics that break down all the statistics for uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is about right. This person is speaking in, in church. Now, mind you, there probably has been times where there has been more. But let's just go by sheer numbers. The last WrestleMania that was capacity was WrestleMania New York, which 87,000 people attended live. And I was there, and I'm pretty guaranteeing it was a sellout because I did not see big groups of empty seats. Right. 
So 87,000. So let's just take for a minute. And that one, there was not 28,000 on, on StubHub. I know because day of show, I looked to see what was available just in case I could upgrade my seating for cheap from somebody who got nervous or somebody who put it on because they couldn't attend. And that did not happen. Mm. That's all I'm going to tell you. So, yeah. Uh, for that event, there was on day of show or, you know, the week coming into the show, there was less than 3,000 tickets. Day of show, there was less than like 1,000 hmm. for sale on StubHub. I know because I looked. So with that being said, and that's just from my own experience, you're talking about a quarter of the venue that is not coming up on for the show. A quarter because 20,000 people in the United Center, mm-hmm. 4,000. Well, it's, it's actually 15%, right? Yeah. It's a fifth. So 15%. I mean, I'm not complaining. I think they'll sell them just fine. So it's kind of a non-issue. My problem is Dave Meltzer jumping in there to suck on that Tony Khan knob. Well, you're also comparing, what, WrestleMania to Rampage? I mean, the the math on it is this. I think there might be a little nerves going in with 15% being involved, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be anything that is detrimental because they still got a timeout and you still have time to build that up. And especially if they want to tease something for another two days, they can definitely move the needle. Yes. Well, uh, off the top of that, like I said, I think they'll be fine. We got breaking news because remember, we're recording this on Wednesday. Oh, okay. We have breaking news from AEW. It was announced tonight as we record on Dynamite that at All Out, Christian Cage will challenge Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Kind of knocks the hell out of CM Punk now. What? It gets better. And at the first rampage, it will be Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the Impact Championship. So Christian Cage at the first rampage will be challenging Kenny for the Impact title. And at All Out, he will be getting a shot at the AEW Championship. (laughs) If they literally bumped Hangman Page for Christian, I I can't do it. Um, okay. Uh, initial reaction. If this goes down, that it's over. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way you can bump Christian Cage ahead of Hangman Page at this stage. And let alone if you're going to have him fight for the AEW title or Impact title on Rampage this week. Okay, that makes sense. I'm all right with that for this week. For That's the, fine. For Impact, sure, go ahead and do that. But if you're saying you're going to bump that for all out, you, I'm sorry. The storyline is not there. It will be absolutely atrocious because you're going to literally bury the best storyline you've had going, and that's Page versus the Elite. It's been built up so well. Like You can't literally do that. You will set your company back a couple easy. I'm sorry. Like That... To me, I'm sitting there going, that's an okay main event for TV, but at this stage in the game, sorry, that is not the one you do for your big Super Bowl show. Sorry, just it's not it. I'm I'm baffled. Uh, this is coming from our, our our correspondent in the field because we're not watching it while we're getting while we're while we're alive. Uh, that correspondent, of course, is Crazy Curtis Gaming. So I'm, we're just kind of double checking him. Not that I don't believe him because I believe that he is uh, completely telling us the truth. Uh, whew, that is crazy that I just heard that though. I what the fuck? 
Uh, whew. So Tony, uh, so this is what happened: elite win by pinfall versus uh, with the BTE trigger on Dante Martin. Post match, Tony Schiavone tries to interview the elite, but Don Cal shanks the mic away from him and cuts a promo. He says, "It's great to be out here with the greatest tag team in the history of." Enter Christian Cage. Callus calls Cage, in t- Cage isn't too bright, but surely he can count. There's a ten of them and only one of him, and he's outnumbered. But Jurassic Express have Christian's back, and we go to break. <laughs> and. That was the last of the reporting from here, from Cage Side Seats, for some reason. Well, I went, uh, I went to our, our good friend, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, and I actually agree with him. I'm a little indifferent about this because... Okay, what's he got going on? He just said two Omega Christian world title matches in over the course of about two weeks. Okay, but, so it is confirmed. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it was that's, confirmed. That's... Uh, and once again, we believe our, our, our person in the field, which is, of course, young Crazy Curtis Gaming. He also says that the Bucks versus Jurassic Express next week on Dynamite for the tag titles is what Crazy Curtis Gaming is telling us. So there you go. Live look-ins from Dynamite. If you guys were watching it live, because this, this is coming out on Friday... You guys now know why we're talking about it, but there you go. So the news, what we were just talking about, is not happening unless they swerve a source for excess. There's got to be a swerve coming because I don't see how they're giving him both shots in in back. In it's weird. We like that's the thing. You can It's a signing that came in with a lot of flair to it. But listen, are you really saying that Christian Cage is moving the needle that much at this stage? I'm sorry, like he's not. Unless they owe it to him contractually. Yeah. Okay, but. What? But for your biggest show of the year, that's the only thing I would say because the storyline hasn't been built. And I'm sorry, if you're going to say that you're going to do it in two weeks, that's not a good look, in my opinion. That's a horrible look. I agree. I agree. But there we go. Live live as it's happening to us. And, of course, you guys have probably already watched and already saw that news. But, yeah, yeah craziness man anyways let's jump back into the news that we're reporting for this week let's talk about uh i had the bray wyatt stuff pulled up but i don't know if i want i I think we want need to stay in AEW for just a a little bit longer okay max caster yo (laughs) yo (laughs) of course after we were on last week the Max Caster incident happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, in in one of his raps on AEW Dark, he um, brought up the uh, he he made a, a thing about being depressed like Simone Biles, uh, to then insinuate that he was going to treat them, including a Julia Hart, like Duke Lacrosse. Which, of course, the story of Duke Lacrosse, if you don't know, they were a, they were a, a, a uh, they were allegedly. Uh, well, that's not the word I need to look for here. They were they were outed. They were accused. Sorry, mm-hmm. of raping some uh, exotic dancers, uh, which came out to be a falsehood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that we don't have to say allegedly because that shit's on record. Yeah. So, but the the thing is, what he was getting at was the rape line, and yeah. Also, there was the portion where he whipped out that giant dildo looking thing. Uh, to give to Julia Hart at the that, end. That was a previous one. That was a previous one. That was a previous one. Even he, worse. So, so they weren't watching already after that happened. Yep. That was around the time we saw it was because we were trying to find out what was going on. Anyways, uh, so in response to this, Tony Khan on Busted Open Radio last week, not the one that we talked about this week, but last week, said that uh, he was going to have to start taking control of dark and dark elevation that he doesn't isn't behind editing them and isn't behind whatever but it he he finds it troubling now mind you they were both taped Mm -hmm. so somebody it went through however many editors before it hit youtube and they deemed it okay they did take it off after 
I kind of smelled like a Jim Cornette uh, uh, thing going on there. Remember Jim Cornette yep, with NWA? NWA? And they didn't edit out uh, 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 something he said, which he deserved to be fired for. But at the same point in juncture, they could have edited and fired him and never aired it. But mm-hmm. they didn't. Uh, and this is kind of the same in a, in a way. And Tony Khan was basically like, oh, I'm going to have to watch all of his raps. And it's like, why weren't you before? Especially finding out that the dildo situation happened prior to this. Yeah, because he ended this rap uh, also making a very lewd reference as well. So that's why I say like a, the other incident with the object was a different show. Oh, okay, okay. So Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. But it, still, even if that was a different show before, that means they should have been watching already. <laughs> that's the problem that I have with this is... Okay, first and foremost, what Caster said was completely wrong. And I understand you want to try getting heel heat. Sure, but there's a way to do it, and that was not it. And I'm a, I actually really enjoy Max Caster's raps, but that one was crossing a line on a bunch of different levels. So I'm applauding that AEW is taking action now, but my argument is the same with Riches. You've had those episodes taped. They didn't air live. Was somebody not watching the product, and who clears that with Max that he can say that that's my my questions about this and it, it had to have gone through multiple editors that's the problem because it was taped yeah so uh that's a failure on all levels i mean tony khan did handle it the way that i guess you should in an interview section mm-hmm. i'll give him credit for that mm-hmm. and then i think he's handling it a little further because max caster was supposed to be on this past week's dark and when that time came he was not on dark right so there, uh, some people are like, oh, wait a minute, are they going to fire him over this? Uh, it is not believed that. It is believed the rumor and innuendo coming from Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful is that uh, he is being put on ice. Yep. So people kind of will forget about it. Much like they did with Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. My next question to you is, is putting somebody on ice a proper thing in this offense? And then my follow-up question is, because I mean, I personally don't think you should fire the young man for this. I, don't, I think he should be punished maybe suspend him for a while and publicly suspend him for a while, make him apologize, all that happy shit. But I don't think he should be fired for this offense. However, I will say this, and this is my follow-up, if this was WWE, do you think people would just be happy with the slap on the wrist? Okay. One, if what I read was true that he has been suspended for two months, then and they're also making him um, go get... um, uh, I don't want to say counseling, but yeah, well, the kind of what they made Guevara go. Yes, through. It's, yeah, 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 same kind of thing. It. It's sensitivity counseling. Yes, but uh, uh, once again, they haven't really made a public statement, which they should make a public. They statement. should make a public statement, but like I said, if if they come out and they say that he's, yeah, we've suspended him two months and he's going to go through you know sensitivity training or however the, whatever the, they want to find the classes, I think that that is okay. Because okay, I'm with that too. I'm, yeah, I'm with that because I think that he went set a line. Tried getting heel heat. It was it was in bad taste. And he's paying the price for it. And I think that, you know, if he comes out and even says, like, hey, I went I went over the line, my you know, I'm and is very sincere about it, then yeah, I think that you can forgive him about it. Yeah, absolutely. And if this is WWE, it it doesn't happen because WWE is that hands on with their wrestlers. Right, but it, when shit like this happens, man, they would be a whole other field. Oh, my God, the, yeah. the same people out here that are like, hey, you know, it was an accident by a young man would be like, oh, WWE's not going to fire him? You mean... It's it's a weird double standard is what I'm getting it's, it's a weird double standard, but here's the thing, though. Vince and the brand is built to handle this kind of... 
Oh, absolutely. Because they're hands on. This would a. You're right. This would never happen in WWE. Yeah. Not in 2021, at least. Oh God. No. I mean, there's a lot of faux pas from the past when attitude era is attitude yeah, era. Or so. even even after in the ruthless aggression era, because remember Vince McMahon said a certain thing. Yeah, on yeah, TV yeah. That's once. true. That's true. That's true. But uh, but yes, that was past his past. I'm not saying it was okay then. I'm just saying the past is the past. Right. But uh, as of now, you know, is there things that happen outside of the ring? Absolutely. And we saw how they handled those. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, for the most part, they did a good part, good job on it. Yeah. And then, you know, it was it? It's a double standard. And I'm just saying, I think these same people, Dave Meltzer particularly, if this was WWE, would be screaming for someone's head. Yeah. Which I don't think even if, no matter what it was, they should scream for his head. Yes, it was a kid trying to get some heel heat, and he just went too far. Give him a punishment and make him apologize. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all you need to do. Yeah, I think they should make it public, though, what it is. And yeah. just you know, and that's the thing. And and I'm if he owns up to it and, and is sincere about the apology, then I think that you will see if he learned his lesson. Okay, so now let's talk about Bray Wyatt. Let's get, that's the last I have for NXT or not NXT AEW for this week. So mm-hmm. let's talk about Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, of course, was released a couple weeks ago. Uh, very surprised. We were jaw dropped to the floor. Let's put it that way. Uh, then he did the red circle to a, 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 a coming full circle. Pretty much is what he meant. And then he put out a. Can we call it a promo? Is his last message? Because it wasn't really like it. It was just it was some images. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a vignette. I guess we can yeah, call, call it. it a vignette. I it was. It was, it it was mostly there was no message. Message, but the message is he's still there. The message yeah, is that he's still there and he's ready to go. Uh, whatever you. That's the way I took it. Yes, that's as as, as well as I took it. Uh, on top of this, uh, it was reported by Fightful, that, uh, and I quote, and this is coming from a tweet from Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful has reached out to sources connected to Bray Wyatt and confirmed that his absence following WrestleMania had nothing to do with what were called falsely reported mental health issues. Also, Bray Wyatt is 100% healthy and able to wrestle, mm-hmm. which is fine. And I, like I said, he does a great job reporting, so I have no whatever. And I just want to throw this out. That the falsely reported part, I think, is a little misleading, though. Because I didn't take those from Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez. Most people, like myself and you, judge that off of his own Twitter post. Mm-hmm. His Twitter post was, I, you know, I don't know what to do without you. And it was all directed towards Brody. Yeah. And this was post-WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So what were people to think? Yeah. So it's not speculation because of like a Meltzer, and maybe they ran a little further with it because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And even Sean Ross Sapp ran with that. I just want to throw that out. And I went through the tweets, so I found them all. So, yeah. I'm just saying it's not if from my perspective, and I'm not blaming Sean Ross Sapp. I'm not blaming Dave Meltzer. For once, I think it's weird that Fightful put a statement out like that because the problem is a lot of people took it right from his own tweet. Yeah. It's a weird line. It, it, it definitely is. I mean, just I can understand where he was coming from because, like you said, we were all assuming the same thing, but it turned out not to be the said case. Yeah. So with that being said, why do you think? Well, that means to me that they just creatively weren't getting a a along a, a or whatever. Uh, why do you think that uh, the reason for letting him go was? I honestly think speculation I mean, only. We'll we'll speculate because I think, and I know we'll talk about this in the main event, is with the new business idea that they apparently must have, and this is the only thing that I can speculate is that they're really going through and really just trying to fine tune the roster, what they feel the vision of the company they want moving forward is going to be. 
it's a weird thing to try grasping my head around because with Bray, he's su- he's such a creative mind to the business. To see him let go, just because you didn't have anything for him. I mean, that's kind of the, the gist I get from it, and it just is it's not adding up. So I'm a little lost of why, because especially if he's saying he was ready to go and he was training to come back, and obviously you still have Alexa Bliss running with his gimmick. I don't like I say it's just puzzling, but I think it's just to the overall vision of what Vince wants to do moving forward, him and Nick Khan. I think that just Brady became a casualty in that. I mean, we're going to talk about a little more obviously after uh, in the main event, mm-hmm. but uh, it's 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 a tricky area. I I I have some speculation that's going to go into like the NXT thing, but I definitely think that it is whatever business move that Nick Khan has the year of, of of Vince McMahon, and whatever business moves these are all towards are towards that. Mm-hmm. And we've heard rumors of multimedia stuff and everything else, and where they're taking the business. It's it, not that I agree with it, but I feel like that's the real deal. Yeah. I mean, that's the best I have for it. It's, it's, it's just puzzling coming from the fan, like looking through the fans' eyes. Because you look at the talent that they've released, and we I won't get into too much of this talk right now, but you look at what they've released, and you're just trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? And that's the thing. Vince, Vince and Nikon have a vision, just what is it? I just still can't put my head around. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to speculate a little bit more on that later. So, you know, stay tuned, obviously. Uh, So coming up, uh, there's some uh, news. We have some Nick Gage news. We like Nick Gage here. We love Nick Gage. First of all, uh, uh, Nick F. Gage is signed with heels and faces to bring its first ever action figure to the world. That's right. First ever Nick Gage action figure coming to heels and faces, which is a zombie sailor brand. It's an independent toy maker. And uh, there's no image of the, uh, the, the, the figure yet because it's not been made. Uh, but judging by the other figures that they sell on their site, which most of them are sold out, they're very good. They look like Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, have, it's about 40 bucks for them. Yeah, it's a little wild to think, but uh, 40 bucks. <sighs> but it's the king. It is the king. That's that's the thing. Uh, also, uh, Nick Gage was on, not this not the past one, because the new one dropped uh, this past week, but the week before, he was on uh, Sean Waltman's Pro Wrestling for Life podcast. And during the interview, Sean Waltman asked him about how he felt about fans throwing things at Matt Cardona at the end of the match. <laughs> A response, and these are this is verbatim from Nick Gage, the king himself. I'll be honest with you, I was a little out of it. Shit was being thrown in the ring, but Cardona hit me with a bundle of tubes, and that shit kind of put me out. I was kind of waking up, and shit was flying everywhere. What do you want me to do? Control the gang? They're fired up. They don't like this guy. Trying to come in here and get off during a, doing a death match and trying to get over? I don't know what this guy is, is going. They don't like this shit. I'll never tell my gang to do whatever. They can do whatever they want as long as I'm there. That was all natural, too. Ain't nobody setting that shit up or nobody in the crowd throwing one thing so hopefully others will throw it. It's all natural. We don't do that corny-ass shit. The fans are passionate. Spoken from the king. He's not wrong. I just love the statement that that the gang can do whatever they want as long as he's there. Well, that's the thing. He understands that fan base. So does everybody else that was in attendance. GCW is like ECW in the 90s. It's a rabid fan base's passion about the product and its wrestlers. It's a whole different vibe than what you see on Monday and Wednesday nights. I'm sorry. Can't agree with you more, sir. With that being said, though, 
We are going to take our final break before coming back and talking all about the releases and what we think that means uh, to WWE. But before we do that, uh, we are going to play some music by our good friend Tom Jolu. And since I felt like I did not hear my my uh, sideshow today, yeah. which is the song we open every stream with with the counters on, I'm going to play that for the fans. They can find that on Spotify, YouTube mm-hmm. Music, and Bandcamp. Support Tom Jolu. He's fucking awesome. He's going to be playing that show with Shout Out the Robots here in the 607 on August 21st. Yes. So check them out. Make sure uh, you uh, also shout out the robots. Make sure you're hitting them up as well. Yeah. This song is called Sideshow. It's Tom Jolu. We're going to play that. And when we come back, it'll be time for the main event. Sitting at the bar, beer in hand As you come up to me and learn about your X-Man If I was him, I would have left you too Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time for this week's main event of 607TWS. And uh, yeah, we had to get into the things, but before we dive into the releases from NXT, most importantly, obviously, because this is where most of the people came from, mm. and our speculation and everything are diving through the, you know, the the, the swamps, if you will. Uh, we do have to bring up, and I might as well, you know, uh, that this past week, we lost a legend of the ring, and, uh, you know, beautiful Bobby Eaton has uh, passed away. Uh, of course hell of a fucking career yeah amazing uh, dudes you know there wouldn't be guys wrestling this high impact high flying style if it wasn't for Bobby Eaton he was one of the first to be flashy from the top rope and just amazing amazing uh, performer uh, of course in the original Midnight Express mm-hmm. uh, he's he's what what can you say about him just a legendary career, and just when you hear wrestlers' stories about him, nobody ever has a bad thing to say about him. He's, he was held in such high regard, and a true pioneer of the high-flying style that you see. I mean, I remember watching him on TBS with him and Sweet Stan Lane versus the Rock and Roll Express, and just the feuds they would have. Oh, yeah. And just to see him break away, I mean, obviously the Dangerous Alliance for a quick minute, and just see him with Arn Anderson as a tag team. I mean, just... A guy that you could put in there in any style he could wrestle. He could keep up with anybody. Later on in a tag team with Steven Regal. Yeah. When he was, uh, he, he was, he came British. Yes. Like, well, he was fake British on purpose. It was, it was good stuff. It was good stuff, but just truly heartbreaking to see, you know, he passed away and obviously leaves a legacy behind that few are going to come ever near. And of course, condolences to his uh, friends, family, and fans. And mm-hmm. we are fans of his as well. And uh, if you've never watched Beautiful Bobby Eaton, go back. And you can find a lot of that on the uh, WWE Network. They're mm-hmm. in the Peacock. Absolutely. Trust me, it's worthwhile watch. All right. Uh, 
from one one really crappy news story to the next in the main event here we got to talk about the big set of releases uh this past saturday the wrestling world was shocked as yet again wwe has released more people this time gutting a lot of people from nxt Mm -hmm. let's go through the list and then we're going to kind of break down a couple people from the list uh the list is bronson reed mercedes martinez tyler rust leon ruff bobby fish jake atlas kona reeves Ari Sterling, Giant Zangier, Asher Hale, Zachariah Smith, Stephen Smith. The biggest name on there that just jumps at you is Bronson Reed. Yeah, we're going to start there. Bronson Reed is definitely the biggest name. It looked like he was going to push it. Coming back out of, uh, you know, going into the live events, he did some dark matches in the Thunderdome, him and Karrion Cross. So it looked like he was garnering some interest from uh, WWE main roster. So it was kind of weird when he got let go. Yeah. Completely puzzled by that one. I honestly thought that it would be a deal that he gets released from his NXT contract to just get signed for a WWE one. I mean, I think he will end up somewhere. He's very talented. Oh, yeah. However, there is, uh, in, and I'm not, once again, we're going to jump in this because I don't agree with this statement. So it's not like I'm I'm going in. There is a pro, the one problem that I think that, and the reason why I don't think he's in WWE anymore is because he is listed as basically a super heavyweight, mm-hmm. but he is not very tall in stature yeah to the point and mind you like i said i don't agree with you have to be tall and big but there's a certain way that you should be that you should be booked and Mm -hmm. i'm going to get to that and i'm going to tell you right where he'd be perfect and the booking he'd be perfect in uh my point about the super heavyweight stuff comes because of lance archer Mm -hmm. some fans were talking about bronson reed and uh the best super heavyweight in the business today somebody was like oh is lance archer not a super heavyweight which he is Mm mm-hmm and Lance Archer responded by going, I'm a good foot taller than that guy. Yeah. And to me, I'm going, he's got a point. Guys, the size of him, the weight of him are Lance Archer size. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of works weird when you're booking somebody as a super heavyweight. And that might have been the downfall. The colossal isn't very colossal when you look at his height because he's only five foot 10 or five foot 11. Yeah, he's not six foot. And I'm not saying you have to be tall because we're going to get to that fucking theory and i and i think it's bullshit okay but i understand where it's coming from also he likes to do flashy moves the place for him all elite wrestling gonna do you better the place for him in all elite wrestling team taz Ooh. the reason why is you need to turn him into this generation's taz and what you do is you bring him into team taz you say hey people know who you are but you're doing this thing all wrong i'm going to bring you along and i'm going to have you realize your true potential so you have him go in there and wrestle and every time he goes to the top rope you have taz go no 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 you do suplexes you do cross faces you do badass shit remember taz's gimmick mind you taz is a very short guy but his chest is the same size as the big shows yeah it's in his prime he had a 58-inch chest. To put it in perspective, the Big Show also had a 58-inch chest back in the 90s. Yes. Taz is five foot five. Okay? Think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Very short guy. <laughs> yeah. With a gigantic muscular physique, and that's fine. I love it. That's what you book Bronson Reed as. Suplexes, cross faces, badass dude. Team Taz, I think that's the perfect fit for him. If he doesn't do that, he needs to do the modern-day Taz gimmick somewhere else. But I want to I, 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 I go to the top rope and stuff like that. He doesn't need to. 
I think maybe break it out on a big special occasion. Yeah, I was going to say treat it like Brock Lesnar when he used to do the shooting star press. But remember back when, when Taz used to stand out with people on all fours and he used to stand over and give them those cross faces with his arm? Yeah. That's what Bronson Reed needs to do. Vicious. Beat downs. Yes, I'm a big guy. Yeah, I might be shorter, but I'm a big dude. I can fuck you up. That's what he needs to do. I'm, I'm just saying. And I'm not saying WWE would have ever booked him that way. But I'm saying that's why I think he was out the door. But I'm saying he's going to have a lot of success if AEW picks him up and does something like that. They'd be smart to. If I you're w- listening right now, TK, that one's for you. That booking advice is fucking solid gold. I would say put him in impact and let him go crazy in the X division. Well, that too. That, I would that, like that, to that's see where that too. I thought he would go. But you know what? I think that AEW with Taz, make him the modern day fucking human suplex machine. In. I'm in. I'm definitely in for that. But I would also like to see him in there. Of course, another name that I you know I wasn't too surprised about was Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, if you're AEW, I would bring her back in. Although, I would like to see her land in NWA or Impact. NWA, I think, would be great. Especially well, either Impact. Yeah, one of the two. I don't think she her, her cutoff time, even if it's 30 days, won't be in time for the NWA uh, Empower pay-per-view. Unless they waived it. Unless they waive it, which they could. Yeah. They've waived it for other people. This is true. I keep getting those statements from people. Yes. We don't know when people's times are up because they keep waiving them for certain people. Mm-hmm. No rhyme or reason. <laughs> letting them, at least they're letting them work. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I, I wasn't surprised about that. She is a little older. Uh, she was very happy about, Hey, I got to at least live a dream. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. She came in, did solid work while she's there and, and now she'll get signed on the Indies in a heartbeat. I think the mistake there was not making her a trainer because she should have been working with Sarah Amato. And that would have been great. Like, work it in there. Hey, you can, you know, she wasn't wrestling a ton. She's coming off the concussion. Give her a trainer's job. That would have been better. Or, you know, if she goes to AEW, that's the job she should take. She, she should, should, she she should teach the women there. how to work. Yeah. She should She should be the, the trainer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Leon Ruff wasn't too surprising, but, you know, he he did win a championship. And like he said, I aimed higher than anybody else my size had. So good yeah. on him. I'm not surprised about Bobby Fish. I know that uh, young Padawan Jay was, but I'm like, Bobby Fish is probably still injured right now. Who knows? Yeah, and, and plus, after the UE broke up, I figured something might happen like this, unfortunately. Just because Adam Cole is going to be a superstar for years to come. He's going to be trajectorying somewhere else. Kyle O'Reilly is they're pushing as a single star, so they're not keeping them together as Red Dragon. So it's like, where else are you going to go with them? I think I need to clarify also by saying not surprised. I'm not saying I'm happy these guys are gone. We're yeah. going to get to that in a minute. I'm just pointing out that the only major one that I was like, oh shit, was Bronson Reed. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I'm not happy about any of these releases. But like when I said, when you start hearing about cuts, it's like I wasn't super shocked at this one. Yeah, yeah. What I was shocked about though is the gutting of the system. And then the rumors coming after. Yeah. And uh, that was what I was the most shocked about. And there's a lot of them out there. Of course, the budget cut thing came back because they're trying to sell the company. Uh, Ken M., would you like to tell these folks what what's not going to happen? They're not selling the company. <laughs> uh, like, seriously, if you're going to be asking that question, I'm sorry. They're not selling. Why would you get rid of your assets if you're going to sell? They're not going to sell for cheap. They just made the most money they've done in history. It's foolish to even give this notion a second thought. What are they doing? They're trying to maximize their profits because they're still the freaking brand. Next rumor. They cut all these people so they could give Adam Cole more money in his contract negotiations. Without you having to say this is stupid, our good friend Sean Ross Sapp said it was stupid. And I quote from his Twitter. This should go without saying. Today's releases are not tied to Adam Cole's contract negotiations. WWE is a billion-dollar company reporting record profits. Don't be weird. But yet in the comments section, 
people told him he was full of shit, and that this is what was happening. <laughs> so, if the math, and you can tell I'm getting a headache thinking about this. If all these contracts go directly to Adam Cole, he'd be the highest paid professional wrestler on the planet. Yeah, pretty much. I love Adam Cole. He ain't going to be making more than Roman Reigns at this the, stage. The Sorry. alleged the alleged offer right now is for a million dollars. Yeah. The alleged offer. That's all we know. He's worth it. He but, is worth it, but I'm just saying the alleged offer yeah. currently is is a million or a little better. But I'm saying he's not at least a million, but it's not it's not gigantic. Yeah. He's he's moving the needle, but he's not on the on that Roman level just yet. Just saying. So you can throw that notion out the window. So next up, and this is the most plausible one, and this is uh, coming from Mike Johnson. Uh, We're going to read Mike Johnson's quote, but other people are reporting, but Mike Johnson's quote, and I quote, there has been lots of talk internally of major changes for the NXT brand, including a new logo, new lighting, a focus on younger talents, and a different format to the TV shows. This house cleaning appears to be part of those changes. Now, tied into this is the further rumor that Vince McMahon and company have said that they are not interested in guys over 30 and smaller guys. So we're going to talk about that in a second, okay? Before we do, let's just look at this on the surface, which I said is most plausible, and what was reported by Mike Johnson, which was not the latter part that I added that I'm going to add in a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's been lots of talk internally of major changes for NXT brand, including a new logo, new lighting, a focus on younger talents, and different format to TV shows. I think this is the most plausible reason. Once again, because this is going to come into what I when I go into the other, right now, Nick Khan, for whatever reason, has Vince's ear. Mm-hmm. Like, over Kevin Dunn, which is amazing. Yeah. Over fucking Triple H. Over William Regal. And most important, over John Laronitis, mm-hmm. which is really weird because we know from certain people who have been released by World Wrestling Entertainment, Malachi Black being the source, that when Johnny Laurinaitis called him, he said, hey, man, I really don't want to be making this call. This is not my call, but I have to inform you that we're terminating your contract. Sorry, man. Really, I had... I have nothing to do with this other than making the call. So that means that if John Laurinaitis is going to say that, and I understand he could just be saving face, but from all intents and purposes, it's definitely not him coming from him. And we know Triple H's feelings because Triple H actually offered. Uh, by the way, I listened to the interview this week on the One Two Three Kid or, X, or Sean Waltman, sorry, Professional Wrestling for Life podcast. Uh, he was talking to. Malachi Black, Tommy End. Mm-hmm. And from Tommy End's own mouth, Triple H did contact him, much like Samoa Joe, and said, hey, let me try to work something out. And by the time they worked it out, he had already had his mind made up to go to AEW. But Triple H was very... And of course, just, and I, I want to throw this out there, and this is, comes from this interview too. When people talk about WWE and NXT, they are two very different things. Yeah. In my opinion, or have been for a while until most recently. Uh, and the reason I say that is because you hear these guys say over and over again how they loved working for Triple H and loved being in NXT and then hated what was going on when they got to Raw or SmackDown. And that is, once again, 
told by Tommy N slash Malachi Black in this interview is he said, man, I love being at NXT. It was great. I could talk to, you know, guys like Shawn Michaels about my matches. And I talked to guys like Terry Taylor and Triple H and everybody was, you know, ready to go. And they were, you know, you know, very receptive to, to things. And then you got, I was like, and then I got to SmackDown and I was made a lot of promises that never happened. Well, let's, let's factor something in here. Money makes Vince's world go round, correct? Yeah. Nick Khan does not come from the wrestling world. He's not a former wrestler, to my knowledge, correct? Yep. So if I am doing the math as an outsider and just my straight-up opinion, if Nick Khan is talking and banking money to Vince's ear, that's all Vince is hearing right now. And, and this is just the perception as reality. He's coming in there seeing Nick is saying, hey, we made this much money, and he's got numbers to back it up. And I think, unfortunately, that's now winning Vince over more than the product because he knows the product will thrive no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's the CM Punk theory, you know, if I'm gone, the machine keeps rolling. It's a sad state, but it's true. No, I agree. So I think with Nick, though, proving those money points to him, I think that that's why he's getting so much swing. I agree that that's probably the reason with the Nick Khan thing. But going back once again to NXT being an alternative this week, uh, Enzo Amore, the artist formerly known as Enzo Amore, if you will, mm-hmm. a real one, a.k.a. Diesel's favorite wrestler, yes. was on Busted Open. And he said when uh, asked about uh, alternative to WWE, he says, and I quote, I always felt like it would just take in this new day and age and social media area, it takes a garnering of certain audience. And NXT, people don't realize that the alternative to WWE before it was these other promotions was NXT mm-hmm. before it was AEW. The audience that made me and cast was the most hungry alternative audience you've ever seen in this business. The revolution started back then. It didn't start with uh, what Cody was doing right now. I saw this happen because we created something by poaching Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, El Generico, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen at the time, Neville, you're going out and grabbing all the likes of the greatest talents that's out there and putting it under this alternative brand under this home in WWE. And you're having this women's revolution at the same time because you've got Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky all under that house at one time and tag team wrestling with Dawson and Dash and me and Cass. It was just a unique feel. It was an alternative route to the WWE. So when I saw this this angle building from a million miles away, it was the smartest thing Cody could have ever done, speaking of AEW. And he went on to say, when I saw what happened to Dusty, my mentor, he passes away and Cody says, fuck it, and he leaves the WWE and joins the likes of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They do all in. I saw it coming a mile away. I think guys like Finn Balor would tell you they saw it coming. We weren't in the locker room so jaded that we said, oh, WWE is the only show in town. No one else can rise up through these ranks and do this and blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen. So, taking all that statement in, I've said that forever. The alternative to WWE was always NXT. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like Nick Khan, for whatever reason, and like I said, the power came probably because of what you just said, yeah. that he's good. with money comes clout. But for some reason, he's taking aim at the formula that's worked, and they're gutting NXT. And once again, I don't think that it's completely gone. And, and I'm, we're going to go into some things uh, in a minute that really pissed me off about this. But I really just... I don't get why breaks, you know, why this is not broke, don't fix it. I understand it didn't work on on USA because that's because the WWE universe marks, as we pointed out, will never watch NXT. Mm-hmm. It's not enough like WWE because it's an alternative. Yeah. Those same people don't watch AEW because it's an alternative. I'm just throwing that out there. But don't gut it because that's what the more passionate fans care about. 
what they should do at this stage in the game, and I know this is going to sound absolutely wild, move NXT back to Peacock, keep it streaming, and do another wrestling show of WWE product on there. Because if the focus is money and ratings and the whole shebang, and if the powers that be are now thinking that NXT is not making them money, put it back on streaming. I agree. And then, you know, do do a separate show because, you know, you, I don't care what you call it. You can have your third show, run crazy with it on USA. And then, you know what, you have your product. It's the established brand. You pull in a million plus a week. And there you go. So um, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I got a couple things. And then I got a, I got a couple conspiracy theories, one from the internet mm-hmm. and one from that. But uh, I want to talk about this smaller guy business. This really irritates me to no end. Uh, the fact that it's looked upon, it's sometimes uh, that it's felt that Nick Khan and, and Vince McMahon are cutting people because they don't think smaller guys and older guys can get it done. Mm-hmm. Last night, the main event of NXT was Dragunov versus Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are big guys. Right. They tore the fucking house down. Exactly. It was an amazing match. If you don't watch NXT, if you don't watch WWE stuff, just go watch that match. Go watch that match and tell me it's not a great match. It's fantastic, yeah. That match right there, I mean, the ending could have been a little better. Sure, but They, they should have done more with the distraction, but whatever. It is what it is. Still think it's a great match. Proving once again, and I said, I put it on Twitter last night. If you think that it's that the small guys are unbelievable, watch that match. Because mm-hmm. I believed every moment of it. It was hard hitting and it was great. So I, I, I mean, I understand that might be their philosophy, but it is fuck them, and they're going to lose out on a lot of guys. Adam Cole is not a big guy, right? But yet you're offering him a million dollars, reportedly, allegedly, whatever. Come on, man, this is bullshit. Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest stars of all time, not, not a, big a big guy. guy. Ric Flair, one of the greatest of all time, not, not a, a big, big guy. guy. Chris Jericho, you know, I, you know, whatever you think about him in AEW, still in the prime of his career in WWE, who made all the money and was also the first ever undisputed champion, not, not a, a big, big guy. guy. Come on. In the 2000s when wrestling was the best, even Dave Meltzer said this. I don't know if you saw that. He said, generation, if I'm a new wrestling fan. What generations old past generation do I look at? And he said, like, you know, New Japan from the 80s and 90s, or early 90s, and like all Japan circa, you know, this year. And he even said WWE in the 2000s, like yep. the early 2000s. Even Dave Meltzer will tell you that some of the best wrestling happened in the early 2000s when you had Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Edge, Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Other than Edge and his height, all the other guys aren't very tall. Right. They are big, they're muscular, but they're not tall. So this myth, the smaller guys can't get it done, I would argue, fuck you. Smaller guys have been getting it done for a long time. Smaller guys have made, made you money from 20 or 2000 2010. Smaller guys made you money in the 80s because it was Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage that mm-hmm. tore down the house at WrestleMania 3, not Hogan and Andre. Yeah, you remember the slam, but the match that still stands the test of time is Steamboat, Savage, and they weren't big guys. Yeah. The Bulldogs taking on the Hart Foundation. And with the exception, you know, on one side, they both had big guys, but then they had two smaller guys and Bret Hart and Dynamite Kid. Mm-hmm. And they tear the house down. Come on, man. So it's been forever. They're, the workers have always been smaller statured guys. Yes. But that doesn't mean that you don't need them and you shouldn't be cutting them. And if that is the reason, fuck them. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about conspiracy theories now. Before we kick, change gears and we get back positive, then the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
There's a conspiracy theory out there that has reared its ugly head again. This conspiracy theory was originally launched by Vince Russo and believed by our own Big Natty Cool Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> and now Gary Wolf of, of, of the Pitbulls fame in ECW has now let in on his. And that is the theory that everything is happening that this, this way is because WWE, actually Vincent Kennedy McMahon, owns AEW. And that Tony Khan and him are in cahoots and are business partners. And because Vince wants to get away from the wrestling, he's kind of trying to make his own competition to kill his wrestling company. Now, I don't think it's real, but believe it or not, it could be plausible. (laughs) Right now, I wouldn't be surprised by anything. What do you think? No. (laughs) Just no. I... Listen, I, I, I could understand millionaires fighting millionaires, but are you going to say Vince has a split personality and one is running AEW talking to Tony Khan and the other's running WWE? And it's like two-faced. They flip a coin and whichever one shows up. I mean, the man way. only sleeps like an hour a day, so I, it's possible. I mean, because come on. Like, no. I don't think he is. Yeah. I, don't, I, I give this zero credibility. Yeah, there's but, none. But it is what it is. But I do have a conspiracy theory I want to pitch to you. Okay. It's not really a conspiracy theory. It's more of a out loud thinking. So with everything happening and Nick Khan working his way in and they're doing this multimedia shit and we're cutting all these guys and we're now gutting NXT and it's not making Triple H happy. We've seen this. We know it. He's been very vocal about it. Hence why we have Samoa Joe back. Hence why he tried to get back Aleister Black. Hence why, you know, all bunch of things. He has been very, very vocal about not liking it. Mm. He's killing the company line, but you can just tell by when he makes comments and he looks and when he's being candid that he is not happy with this. Yeah. This is his baby. This is whatever. And they never touched it before. Now, all of a sudden, they're touching it. And I think it bothers him on numerous levels. Now, I don't think that Hunter has a contract. I don't think Paul Levesque is a contracted person because he's an office member. My question to you is what do you think if he gets so pissed off that he's like, you know what? Fuck this place. And does one of two things. He leaves, takes some of his capital that you know he's garnered over the years, Mm -hmm. and with all this talent that's let go, there's enough to start another fucking wrestling company. Or even worse goes, you know what? AEW needs a direction. I could be the guy that gives them the direction. And what worked in AEW, or NXT, sorry, would also work in AEW. We can all agree on that. Oh, absolutely. And that would be very bad news for one Vince McMahon. It would be, but I don't think it would happen, and here's why. You don't think he would turn on his family? He wouldn't turn on Stephanie. Stephanie. What if she's in? See, what if she feels like shit's slipping away because of Nick Khan? I'm just once again, I don't think this is going to happen, but this is something that if that happened, how crazy would it be? Stephanie is the catalyst for all this to happen, and Nick would have to do something to her to get her that riled up. I honestly think that Stephanie is okay with things right now because I'm sure that what she's seeing is the bigger picture that we're going to make this money and we're going to be financially in the black for years to come. And I think until they take that big L, that they're content with it. I know Triple H is not happy with it, but he, you got to remember, he's, he's looking at stuff from the wrestler side of you. The other ones are not wrestlers, but they are in the wrestling business. But their primary deal is make money. Agreed. So I think unless something happened where 
power was taken away from Stephanie, because we all know that if it's not money, it's power that everybody wants, then I think that you could have a stronger argument for it. I'm not saying that you're... But there could be an argument that maybe she wants to see her husband happy. Well, it could be. So she gives him the blessing. Well, if she signs off on it, but then again, I I just... With how close that... Could you fucking imagine, though? Oh, Jesus Christ. Could you imagine Triple H resigning from World Wrestling Entertainment and just all of a sudden showing up on Dynamite? You see him resign on a Monday and walk in on a Wednesday. And just see him come out and be like, I have nothing to do with them. I resigned, but uh, I heard you needed somebody who could give you a direction. And I'm that guy. He comes out, <laughs> rips the shirt off, has AEW written on his chest, and then just walks back. I would just have him be like, hey, you guys, uh, people wanted direction. Tony needed help. Here I am. And we're going to shove this business right down that o- the old man's ass. Well, I it, listen, it, anything is possible. But like I say, the, that'd the, be fucking insane. The domino is that Ric Flair to the lead the way to go sniff, <laughs> <laughs> sniff it out first. I mean, come on, Ric Flair, man. He's probably going to go there at yeah. least to do something with him yeah. and I mean, it doesn't get much closer than Triple H and Ric Flair. You are you want to play real conspiracy? Go ahead. Okay. So Triple H has it worked out for Big Show, Mark Henry, and Christian Cage all to go over early, surveillance and sneak in, see how everything's working. Now he's sending Rick in, get deepen in his footprint. Then all of a sudden, he winds up coming in, taking the company over, and then giving it to Vince. Oh, that's real fucking deep. That's yeah. that's real dark. I don't know. I don't want that to happen. I don't I need want AEW at this point in juncture. I need AEW to do as good as they can and get better and better and better, so they can fucking put the flames to the ass or ki- or just kick the shit out. I don't think WWE will ever go to business, but if they can put the pressure on them, it'll force them it, to do something. If they can put a dent in them and prove that what they did was wrong, I think that that's the moral victory you're going to go for because you're never going to put them out of business. You're no. never is it. But to end the speculation and stuff going into the positive thing, I will say this. The real reason behind it is a business decision. Yeah. And uh, the fact of the matter is WWE has hoarded wrestlers for one reason or another for the last fucking five years. And what's happened now is that it's like, okay, so we have all these guys and we're not using them. Why keep them on? Because mm-hmm. now you have a businessman like Nick Khan running things. And on the business end, he goes, it doesn't make dollars and it doesn't make sense to keep all of these guys under contract for no reason. Because the original reason why they were allegedly under contract was because they wanted to open up NXT Australia and NXT Japan. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to seed it with guys from NXT. So we have all these guys and then some of them will go to Japan and some of them go to Australia and, and then wherever else we want to open NXTs like they did with the UK. Then because of the global pandemic, this is according to them, like I said, according to people on the inside source, that that put a halt to it. So now they're just sitting around. I think that that's part of the reason. And I think the other reason was because of what I've said before, that Vince looked at the biggest mistake of his life was when Ted Turner called him and said, I'm in the wrestling business. He laughed it off and said, huh, I'm in the entertainment business. And then hung up on him. And then, you know, meanwhile, a little later, they knocked on the door, putting him out of business. Yeah. So I think since then he has gotten cutthroat and brutal on any company that even dares think that they're competition so we remember he did it with tna when they went head to head with raw he got cutthroat and he did it with aew what he did was he hoarded up all the top stars so they would have to go out and create new ones besides the ones that had started the company Mm -hmm. now he looks at it and goes okay they're you know they've stabilized here but they're not really a threat to me it doesn't matter i'm making record profits 
and we're still doing well with advertisers stuff. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what they do now. Mm-hmm. And now he's just okay. They're not competition. They're not nothing because right now I don't think he thinks anything is competition because he's in the he's in the black by so much as you point out. He's really looking at this completely as a business decision. Yeah. And so therefore he's like, fuck it, let him go. Let's let's cut the fat. Let's get all of the people off of the contracts. It's weird to see the people who left. It's weird to see somebody like a Bray Wyatt or a Braun Strowman or a Bronson Reed or whatever. But the logic has to be, well, they're not getting over with us or we can't get them over or they're difficult for this reason or that reason or whatever the fuck the reasoning is. So let's cut ties. Mm -hmm. I don't care where they go. I don't care if they go to AEW. I don't care if they go to Impact, ROH, anywhere. Don't care if a new buddy starts up. Hell, I don't care if they go and be part of the uh, newly revamped XPW. Oh, jeez. Oh, you didn't hear about that? I did. Oh, my God. They're doing a show in Rochester. You want to go? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for that Dark Side of the Ring in September <laughs> when it comes back. Anyways, <laughs> if you guys don't know about XPW, you, you, will, you will soon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just my final thoughts. Anything to add before we go into the final bell? At the end of the day, it's called the wrestling business for a reason. You don't have to like it, but it is a business at the end of the day. And it's going to take a massive financial hit to realize somebody made a mistake. So support these wrestlers. We wish them best in their future endeavors and can't wait to see them kick ass somewhere else. Our correspondent in the streets, uh, Crazy Curtis Gaming, has sent me that they announced tonight the Red Velvet versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's title will be the main event of Rampage, not the Christian Cage versus... uh, you know, Kenny Omega I, I, I understand that it's Britt's hometown, so I get that. But I, I, I yeah, I, I can get both sides of the argument, but I think they're giving it because they were they have been centering this show around Britt the entire time. I think they just added the Kenny Christian match just as a little bit of extra seasoning to the show. But I think that this is still the smart move to do. But I can understand the argument about you know Kenny and uh, Christian is a more high profile match. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Sometimes I don't get it. It was announced. Okay. Okay. It will be the first one from Pittsburgh. I just wanted to make sure that the world title fight was on that one. So it is. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, TNT champion Miro is also set to face Fuego del Sol. If Sol wins, he'll receive an AEW contract also on Rampage. So at least they're stacking Rampage well, for the you, first show. Well, you got to do something with it. I mean, that's the whole thing to get people to come back to it. If it's if it's gonna fail otherwise, so do they open the show with the AEW Championship match? Because that's what I would, or the Impact Wrestling Championship. Yeah. Sorry, it's not AEW Champion Impact Wrestling. Championship. I would. That's what I would do. I agree. So, anyways, let's go into the final belt, shall we? And it, we're gonna keep it short and simple because we've we had a long show again uh, because there's so much in the world of wrestling. But uh, let's let's just say it this way: I have gotten so pissed off about all these releases, all the toxic Twitter, all the. It's just made me sick because I really do love professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we figured it out, and I said I'll say it again. I know I've said it before, but fuck it. You know, I've my my first memories are of wrestling uh, from when I was five years old, and uh, continuing on, I'm 38 currently. So that's mm-hmm. 33 years of being a fan at the minimum. Mm-hmm. I spent 10 years working in the pro wrestling business, doing litany of different things, including being a booker at one point. So you have all sorts of crazy stuff, mm-hmm. right? And what drives me away sometimes is the jadedness. One time it was me, after I got done working in the wrestling business, I stayed away from wrestling for a little while. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, because whew, yeah, I was just burnt out. 
But now I'm kind of feeling that way in a little ways. But you know what's saving the day? That there is a lot of great wrestling out there. This not AEW or WWE. I'm not saying that AEW and WWE don't have it because I like NXT and I like AEW. Mm-hmm. But I also like Ring of Honor and I like Impact and I like MLW. But there's and I love New Japan as we all know. Mm-hmm. But you know what's really keeping me going is independent wrestling. And right now there is stars in independent wrestling that maybe or maybe not will be on your TV soon. But you know what? They're so great and it's so much fun. And I'm watching things like GCW where we're hardcore watching. Yes. And AIW on IWTV and H2O on IWTV. And there's so many great promotions out there. Empire State Wrestling. We'll make a trip up to Buffalo to go to one of those shows eventually here. I know our good friend Sean Carr works there mm-hmm. amongst Colin Delaney and a ton of other people that we know. So like, it's a great thing. 2CW is coming back for at least two shows. Yep. Coming up here in the very near future. The end of September, beginning of October. My old stomping grounds. You know, hey. There's a lot of great things. PWG just opened back up. There's a lot of great things going on. There's small independents everywhere, like Excite Wrestling here in the in our area, and probably near you, there's something too. And what's it, it, what's exciting me is that they're doing things and writing stories that the major companies just can't seem to grasp. Why? Because they're doing it for fans. This is a fan-based thing. The the most the, the greatest fans in the world are the real fans of independent pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Because they're passionate about these small companies. And when you're passionate about something that feels homegrown, guess what? You get super passionate. I am passionate about GCW. I know you're passionate about GCW. That just tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And I want that feeling for everybody. Because if you are a true wrestling fan and you're not just trolling people or just here to piss on somebody's parade, but you love pro wrestling and maybe WWE has let you down or maybe AEW has let you down or maybe all of it's let you down. Get back to your connection and get back to those roots with independent wrestling. That's why this past weekend I did nothing. I didn't comment. I commented, I think, one time about the releases. And then after that, I put up posts that uh, AAW, AAW out of Chicago had a show. Mm-hmm. I, I shared a tweet and put up a post for them. I shared the Excite link. I shared about going to Excite. Then I shared the Excite link once we knew they were on Twitch. You sent it to me. Yep. Then I, I shared stuff about GCW on Saturday. I shared stuff about uh, uh, IWTV 100 on Sunday. I did not. And a hashtag support indie wrestling on all of them. So my new passion is hashtag support indie wrestling. No matter what you do, and if you want, if you keep your eyes on at Three Fenders Pod every weekend, I'm just going to give you random rundowns. If you are a wrestling promotion here in this, and I know there's some people from wrestling promotions here, and especially independent wrestling, hit me up. Make sure you're you you follow me, and I'll follow you back, and make sure you hit me with the dates. I will throw them on there. Hashtag support indie wrestling. If you are a fan of something I don't know about, go ahead and throw it out there, and I will. I, when I see your tweet. Or I'll find the company, I'll, I will like their company's page, I will follow them, and I will share their stuff with hashtag support indie wrestling. And I know we're a small piece of it. Mm-hmm. I know I only got like 3,000 followers. But some of those are very passionate about wrestling, and some of them started sharing those things. And if we can just keep that going on, we are going to see some great stuff. And with the world as it is now, with at least for the time being, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and MLW, allowing all of their, con- and NWA, sorry, mm-hmm. allowing all their contracted workers to work the independents, we still get to see some really top-notch stars. Yes. We just said Janela and Marco Stunt wrestled GCW against 440. Come on. They're known guys. They're on all elite wrestling roster, and we see this all the time. We uh, we got something uh, come up uh, this what is it this past week where uh, uh, Brian Cage is taking on uh, 
Well, he took on RSP. He took on RSP on on, di- on Dark, but I'm talking about he was on an indie show. Oh, against um, oh god, fuck, uh, I, I got Iron Iron um Shane. Yeah, Shane Mercer. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, man, Brian Cage is out there making towns. There's a lot of guys making fucking towns. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? On top of the homegrown talent and some indie talent that is out there, Matt Cardona is making a nice little chump change off of working independent wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. Facts. I'm just saying it's a good idea to tune in and watch. This upcoming weekend, and you're going to see me post about it on Twitter and everywhere else, PPW out of Hazleton, Pennsylvania will be running a show called Aerial Assault. They got a great lineup. As a matter of fact, Brian Cage is on that show because Brian Cage versus Casey Navarro is on that show. Mm-hmm. That'll be a great match. Man, guys, there's so much good shit. And they have a big, big anniversary show coming up on September 11th. I got, they got a lot of guys on there. Formerly known Buddy Murphy's on there. Uh, Enzo and Big Cass, amongst other people. Rachel Ellerling is on there. there there's, a, there's a great amount in the Indies, and that's something that's two hours from us. So will you please believe I'll be messaging about that? Mm-hmm. And we'll be making our, uh, uh, at least my will, and if I can drag Ken or whoever, we'll be making our pilgrimage to some of these places just to give you a hands-on. Maybe even film some stuff. Not filming full matches. I don't want to violate anybody's shit, but at least showing something. ESW can get some, their, a lot of their stuff right on IWTV. Mm-hmm. I know they're premiering the last show that they just did on IWTV this week, and it was at a big outdoor venue. Yeah. So, man, come on. And there's and there's stuff all over the place, and you'll always see me share AIW. You'll always see me share GCW and PPW and Excite and everything else. And if, like I said, if you have something, send it to me. Hashtag support indie wrestling makes me happy. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you get real interactions there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm not watching because I'm going to still watch AEW. I'm going to watch the shit out of it. Watch the shit out of NXT. I don't watch the shit out of Raw or SmackDown too much. Yeah. Do the pay-per-views. Hence why we'll be live streaming, live commentary, and reactions August 21st for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But that's my passion, man. Can't wait for this Sunday. I can't wait for Sunday. Well, happens Saturday late night, but Sunday we're going to be watching New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. That's not an indie, but it's good shit. There's alternatives out there is what I'm saying. Do you want to add to hashtag support indie wrestling? Absolutely. If you are sick and tired of seeing these companies not use your talent right, this is a perfect time to jump in on an indie. If you need recommendations, hit us up. We will point you in those directions. If I, I don't know them, I'll find them. Exactly. If you got an indie fed, hit me up too at OD Parlay Hour. I'll, I have no problem sharing it with the hashtag. Support indie wrestling. Because I do. I go to Excite Wrestling every damn show that I can physically go to. Why? Because I support the indie scene. It's not a gimmick. I don't do this because Johnny comes on my show. Hell, I have I see John more outside of wrestling than I do see him at the shows. I know, we go to movies together. Yeah. But I just want to point this out. Here's, here's a, you putting money where your mouth is. I'm sure if I said to Moose I was just going to show up at a show and not pay him, he wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. But I will always pay him. Why? Because I, I, I'm going to pay for the show. Yeah. Why? Because I want to support my friends. That's what I do. I know. I, I, support, I, support, I support the OD Parlay Hour. You know how you know? Because on stream, you've seen me wear a Parlay Club t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I support, you know, Ken supports me. He, you know, he could get all the Patreon stuff for free, but he pays for Patreon. The whole thing is you're supposed to support your friends and supporting indie wrestling is kind of like that because yeah. once you become part of the team, whether you're watching them on I, Fight TV, uh, fight.tv or IWTV even, and you make your pilgrimage, listen, I went to GCW Homecoming because we've been watching, GC, we got into GCW, like I knew it existed and I saw some of their shows previous, but when we really got in was RS Spring Break this this past year for, for Mania Weekend, mm-hmm. and then we, we hardcore started watching. 
The only reason I went to Homecoming, although the death match between uh, Gage and Cardona was awesome, but the only reason I went to Homecoming is because we went so far into it. Hell, I was trying to figure out how I would, could not kill myself and make it to Atlantic City in October. Yeah. It's the same weekend I'll be in New York Comic Con. Think about that. I tried to figure out how to go to Comic Con and GCW Wrestling. I know. I applaud the effort, but I, yeah, I, 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 I decided against it. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I don't think I have it in me. But we'll be watching. But we'll be watching from the hotel room and supporting and, and, and fucking tweeting and everything else. But that's my, my whole point. My point of the matter still stands. You will find a lot of happiness when you become part of something because you're part of a small movement. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, and you can be part of the larger movement still. You can be part of the AEW family. You can be part of the WWE family. You can be part of, you know, Impact, whatever your favorite is. Pick your poison. But that, I'm telling you, you'll never be happier than to find an indie that you like. Support them, whether it's on IWTV, whether it's on Fight.TV, whether they have their own website, whether it's on Twitch, or whether they're in your own backyard, you can go see them. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't wait to make some pilgrimages. I as soon the only thing that kept me from going to see an AIW show, I was already planned to go last year before COVID. Yeah, I was going to go down, and me and DC or Diesel were going to go down and watch the the JT Lightning uh, tournament, two day tournament down there. We'll eventually make our trip to Cleveland. I'll make my ass out to ESW in Buffalo. I promise you that. Before you know, by next year at the early you know, the latest, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to GCW. I'm going to go back to PPW. We're talking about going down in September. I'm gonna go to Excite Wrestling because it's right in my backyard. Yep. Damn, I got some I got some traveling to do, but it makes me happy to be a part of it. And then if I can report on that and bring you something, or if you bring me something, let me know. Hashtag support indie wrestling is what we are fucking about. Let's keep it positive. We will talk about indie wrestling on this show. I know some of you aren't watching, but hopefully it'll get you to check something out. Mm-hmm. I don't like everything, but. Maybe something I don't like is for you, and maybe something I like is for you. So check it out. That's all I ask. That's how I'm ending on a positive note. Kenem, tell the people how to find the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. One-stop shop, odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on all our social media links. They're right there. Links to download and follow the podcast are there as well. New Parlay Points blogs going on. In fact, this week we actually did the wrestling one for Boom Studios. I seen that. Talk, talking a little New Day. So all of that, so much more odphpodcast.com of course you can uh, find the three fat nerds anywhere you get great podcasts by typing in three fat nerds of course remember all of it is the number three not the word three Uh, of course also find us on all social medias three fat nerds pod just throw an at in front of it if you have to and we are on all social medias and of course for all the information 8122productions.com is your one stop shop find out about everything we got going on the T public store there is a link there we Mm. do have the new store new stuff will be rolling out over the next few months we got a lot of big things planned and of course the Patreon patreon.com slash 8122productions go visit that man for as little as $1 a month you get a ton of bonus content including we put this show out early with bonus content with it with a lot of cool announcements if you want on the the floor on that like a lot of the giveaways the giveaways come to the $3 tier there's two tiers $1 and $3 that's why NM always says one dollar gets you in the door three dollars gets you to see the table right if you do a three dollar one we got a lot of cool stuff and mm-hmm. we made that announcement we'll make that announcement live uh, later on because i want to share it with the patrons first next week on the three fat nerds podcast we will talk about that announcement but you know what? if you want to get on it one dollar gets you all the bonus content gets you the three fat nerds podcast early Mm-hmm. And it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition. You get the Horizon 607 podcast early, and it's the unslashed edition. You get uh, two made-for-Patreon shows. I love movies, all about movies that we loved in the past, and now we're watching them again and re-reviewing them. Do we still love them, or did, or did time not age them well? Yes. Also, also, we got the hottest show behind a paywall. Love is Scary with Dr. Derek and Spooky Mike. And trust me, it has to stay behind a paywall. Yes. 
because (laughs) we'll get banned from fucking everything. If you need proof of this, I've always let this challenge, and so far nobody has told me otherwise, pay the $1, Mm -hmm. listen to the newest episode that comes out or the one before or any of them. They're in the archive right there on Patreon, especially if you listen to the one that was come out for last month because we haven't put the new one out yet. And if you tell me that that isn't pretty much uh, too hot and possibly offensive for television, then I'll give you your dollar back. I will send you your dollar. I will literally, you tell me, and I will put it in an envelope and send you $1. It's the best deal in podcasting, folks. Straight up. I'm just saying, and you support the show, and you're helping support us. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it. You know, hey, there it is. Uh, but there is some really cool things going on. So check that out. And uh, all the notes, uh, the ODPH com and everything, all the 8122productions.com, they're all in the liner notes for the show. Yeah. If you're listening to podcast form, whether it's on the ODPH network or the 3FN network, just look in the liner notes. You don't even have to remember what we just said. Yeah. Because it's right there. And if you go to the websites, they have all the information. And hell, if you go to the websites, they send you to the other website too. Go figure. It's crazy. It's amazing amazing and of course the link trees are always all over yes. our social medias and trust me i had to add stuff to that and it's it's nuts it's insane i've been on top of that stuff lately i guess new york comic got a little fire in my ass anyways that being said damn it was a good show we had a lot to talk about i hope you guys enjoyed it this week as always before we go off the air you know we're gonna do it second suitor one winged angel off the super duper ep find it anywhere you get great music spotify Bandcamp, youtube music support the shit out of them and either website will tell you how to get a hold of them mm-hmm. as well as well as all the other musical guests like tom jolu you heard him on the show find his stuff also uh you know shout out the robots floodlands does the theme song for the show all those bands either website we have a band section yes. awesome stuff contacts get all of them listen to them support them but this is Second Suitor, One Winged Angel. That's how we sign out each and every week. Ladies and gentlemen, for myself and Ken M, take care of yourselves. Stay safe out there. And most importantly, later, wrestling fans!
towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 